Hello, horror fans, and welcome to the prologue of this strange little episode of Horror Movie Podcast, or, as listener Nathan Bartlebaugh suggested, The Horror Show, in honor of the missing House 3. This is basically our first Lost episode. It was recorded as a live video episode, and we had some technical difficulties with the video, and so it ended up being postponed. We apologize for the delay, and hopefully we will be able to put the video up on our YouTube page, which... I believe has nothing on it at this point. We're just getting going. But this is something we're going to want to do in the future. We'll have our highly produced audio episodes and then these rougher, live, essentially unedited shows on the off weeks. You'll be able to join those conversations live, hopefully, and we can respond to your comments in real time. And then we will post the first 40 minutes of the video on our YouTube channel, but the complete episodes will only appear here in the audio podcast feed. So sorry again for the delay, and we hope to be able to work the kinks out before our next attempt at a live video episode. podcast where we're dead serious about horror movies this is episode 193 a bonus episode of horror movie podcast and it's brought to you by our movie podcast network patrons and by shutter the netflix for horror you can try shutter free for 30 days just go to shutter.com and use the promo code hmp when signing up that's s-h-u-d-d-e-r.com and the promo code hmp On Horror Movie Podcast, you get in-depth horror movie reviews for classics and new releases with ratings and recommendations to help you decide whether you should buy, rent, or avoid these movies. I'm Gilman Joel Robertson, and my socially distanced co-hosts tonight are... Dave Dr. Shock Becker from just outside Philadelphia, PA. Wolf, man, Josh... If I had a box of bad things, I'd put you in it and close the lid. <laughs> All right. So we're here, fellas. Yes. In, in yes. the flesh. Yeah, kind of. Yep. You know, relatively <laughs> speaking. Right. So we have decided to do an experiment for this episode, which seems appropriate, being that sort of a virus contagion pandemic related episode. Uh, so we're doing this experiment, uh, obviously on video, and you're going to probably get the first 40 minutes or so of this episode. Josh, correct me if I'm wrong on that, but think about that on video. And then it's going to pretty much end because that's the limit we have right now on the software that we're using, which is Zoom. And then we will do the rest via audio. And if you want to check it out, you will have to be subscribed, which we assume many of you are. But just in case, Apple Podcasts, get check us out there. Yeah. Yeah, we've been talking about doing a live show for a while. and We've kind of done some trial runs. But uh, we thought it'd be fun to do, yeah, live video shows. And in the future, the audience can join in and ask us questions while we're going. We do have an element of that this episode because we put out a tweet right before we started recording uh, and asked for some listener feedback. And we will be going to that throughout the show as those responses roll in and reading some of those responses on the, on the show live. All right. So you guys want to jump in our little theme discussion and I'll switch us. There we go. Look at us, Brady Bunch style. <laughs> 
<laughs> hey, Dave. Yeah. Hey. Hey, Joel. <laughs> oh, wow. This is, this is sad. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, the moment that the HMP audience realized, glad it's mostly audio. <laughs> Before we get into our contagion discussion, we are going to give a shout out to our sponsors at Shudder. <laughs> Welcome to our Shutter sponsored streaming online segment. Shutter is a premium streaming video service, super serving members with the best selection in genre entertainment like horror and thrillers. You can stream Shutter for $5.99 a month or $56.99 a year. Shutter has the largest, the fastest growing human curated selection of thrilling and dangerous entertainment. It's why we call it the Netflix for horror. Shutter features some of the best movies of 2019 that made it on our top 10 lists. One Cut of the Dead, Tigers Are Not Afraid, and you'll have unlimited access to stream these films ad-free on your favorite devices, including Apple devices, Android devices, Xbox, Amazon Fire, Google Chromecast, Roku, and most streaming devices in the U.S., Canada, the U.K., Ireland, and Germany. Shudder has the first eight Friday the 13th films, as well as the documentary Crystal Lake Memories. Highly recommended. If you're a Friday the 13th fan, you have to watch that doc as well. One of our listeners, Barely Ashley, was watching the Shudder Friday the 13th films the other day, and she tweeted out that, yeah, she's going to watch them all. And that's kind of a horror fan thing to do. You catch a marathon, whether you're on Friday the 13th Part 5, doesn't matter. you got to sit down, you got to watch the whole thing. We covered the Friday the 13th franchise on Horror Movie Podcast. Uh, beginning in episode 42, and it was a five-part series. We covered the entire franchise, including Crystal Lake Memories, the documentary, including Freddy vs. Jason, including the Platinum Dunes reboot, and all of the classic movies. If you haven't heard it yet, go to HorrorMoviePodcast.com and check it out. All of our episodes are available there. They've also got five big exclusive series on Shudder right now. Of course, we have Creepshow, Greg Nicotero's reboot of the classic series. There's The Deadlands, my personal favorite because of the Polynesian connection and the mythology there. I just think it's amazing. One of my favorite actors is the lead. And the new stuff, the premiere of Cursed Films, Shudder's newest original series. Super cool. That is directed by a guy named Jay Cheel, who I used to do the documentary blog podcast with. He should be joining us very soon on Horror Movie Podcast to talk about the Cursed Film series. You should definitely check out at least episode one before then. And to coincide with Cursed Film's premiere episode devoted to The Exorcist, Shudder will present both the original film itself and the streaming premiere of Alexandra O'Philippe's Shudder-exclusive documentary Leap of Faith, William Friedkin on The Exorcist. There's also an all-new season of The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs. Oh, we've been waiting so long for season two. It premiered just this last Friday as this episode releases. If you haven't had a chance to check it out yet, do so. You will not be disappointed. They watched some crazy movies that night. I was not available to watch because I was uh, doing family stuff, but I was monitoring on Twitter the audience reaction, and man, yeah, they, they watched some crazy stuff. Looking forward to sitting down and enjoying that. Of course, there's the long-awaited second season of Australia's horror series Wolf Creek, one that we're fans of. You've heard of Christmas in July, but now get ready for Halloween in April. Shudder is making April halfway to Halloween month. In fact, the week this episode is posting is 
Halfway to Halloween Week. There's also a special Halfway to Halloween collection curated by Shudder, which features holiday favorites that we are going to talk about here. So uh, let me know if you've seen these films. This is just one tab that you can find on the Shudder website at Shudder.com. Haunters, The Art of the Scare. This is a film I actually warned people against. It was so extreme, I could not stand watching this documentary. Um, Man, that was disturbing. And it's kind of like what I imagined Haunt would be like when that film came out. If you enjoyed Haunt, if you like extreme horror, and you don't mind seeing something really disturbing that happened in real life, this is a documentary. Check out Haunters, The Art of the Scare. It is not a film I can recommend to everyone. Ginger Snaps is an interesting film. I'm a huge werewolf fan. I'm not a fan of Ginger Snaps. I just don't like the actors involved in the project. I don't like the style of the show. I know that it seems like... I am alone here in the horror community. I would love it if you go to horrormoviepodcast.com and tell me what you love about Ginger Snaps if this is a film that you like. I'm going to give it another shot. It's here on Shudder. That makes it easy for me to check out. I promise I will do it, but I would love to hear your pitch for why Ginger Snaps is one worth checking out. Extremity, an all-new Shudder film, which I would love to hear people's take on. I have not had a chance to see it yet. Of course, they have the original Halloween which is the John Carpenter classic. They also have Halloween 4 and 5. Of course, we did do our franchise review of this series as well. The Halloween franchise was my very favorite horror franchise, and we covered that beginning on Horror Movie Podcast episode 27. We did that, uh, again, another five-part series, and we covered the entire franchise. We covered Halloween parts four and five on episode 28 of Horror Movie Podcast. Again, these are all available at horrormoviepodcast.com. Check out the sidebar if you're on a computer or web browser. If you're on your phone, you have to scan all the way down to the bottom, and uh, you'll find the links there. Uh, we do not have great phone optimization, unfortunately, for our website, but... Uh, I know a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I've only got like 25 episodes on iTunes. It's true. But all of the episodes, the entire archive is available at horrormoviepodcast.com. And again, on the sidebar, they are separated by themes, franchises, and you can kind of pick something you're in the mood for at the time. And it's a great way to consume some of those older episodes of Horror Movie Podcast that you maybe haven't had a chance to so far. And Hell House LLC, a great film that I can recommend to people if you enjoy the found footage subgenre. It's definitely something a little bit different. But the film I wanted to talk about tonight in conjunction with our Contagion episode is not necessarily a Contagion film, but it's one of the first films I watched during lockdown. And there's absolutely a lockdown vibe to this movie. Is John Carpenter's Escape from New York. And in fact, Shudder has an entire shut-in collection films like howl deadly games audition haunt body bags chopping mall monster party the void victoria dog tooth absolutely a good shut in film 31 shrew's nest and stuck but if you've not seen john carpenter's classic escape from new york with snake plissken you've got to see it kurt russell in all his eye patch glory is uh A wonder to behold in this movie. I'm sure if Joel and Dave were on this segment with me, they would join me in recommending Escape from New York. It has that post-apocalyptic, oppressive feel that I know a lot of us are feeling right now. 
It might not be your cup of tea for me, and as we're going to talk about a lot on this episode, watching this kind of content in these heightened circumstances is kind of cathartic for me. It's a release. It helps me actualize some of the feelings of dread that I'm having on an everyday basis and uh, gives me a place to put those feelings <laughs> that are inside my mind and heart because this is a serious time of struggle with mental health. I've had some bad times during this struggle and I know a lot of us out there have so uh, number one feel free to get in touch we'd love to chat with you come to horrormoviepodcast.com leave some comments we'll interact with you but also just do your best to do whatever is going to help you through these trying times if contagion films and lockdown films aren't your bag and those are going to just make you more depressed watch Seinfeld watch The Office Watch Parks and Recreation, take your mind off of it. Or even just One Cut of the Dead, Creep Show, or Horror Noir. Those will cheer you up. For me, I like to kind of live in that stuff. It just helps me for some reason. And so Escape from New York is, again, one of the very first films I watched during our lockdown, which is, for me, going on more than a month now. It's been intense. I literally have not been to a grocery store in five weeks. Um, it's crazy. I don't know how I'm doing it. I think I'm losing my mind. And just wasting my life quite frankly <laughs> but it's films like escape from new york and platforms like shutter that have helped me through it and so i'm very appreciative and i think a lot of you will be as well so to try shutter free for 30 days go to shutter.com and use our promo code hmp that's s-h-u-d-d-e-r.com and the promo code hmp and I do want to say, although we are currently inside a Shutter-sponsored segment, we do take our advertising on the show very seriously. For those of you who joined the show before we did ads, I do want to take a moment and say we really are passionate about Shutter, and any advertisers that have approached us in the past, we've really tried to think about, will this ad content that our listeners will enjoy to the regular episodes we didn't want to sit here and do ads for mattresses or meals by mail we were really looking and we really pursued shutter for a long time because we wanted to find advertisers who um by virtue of the ads that we do and we do this differently than a lot of other shutter advertisers do as well we do our special screaming online segment and really try to take the time to talk about titles we think you would be interested in you are listeners i also want to take that a step further and say if you are one of those who have not yet tried shutter this would be a great time to do it not only are we all locked inside and and miserable and you can have some interesting entertainment to aid you in this crisis but also it really helps us because advertising budgets are some of the first things to get cut in times like this and so if you can show shutter that our listenership really cares and that you're here to support us and we're here to support them and that this is a great symbiotic relationship uh, we can help this continue hopefully for a long time so we would really appreciate your support in these times so one last time before we wrap out this segment i ask you try shutter free for 30 days go to shutter.com use the promo code hmp Get 30 free days of this amazing service. For horror fans, I don't think you'll be disappointed. All right. So you guys want to jump in a little bit to our theme discussion? Uh, yeah. I mean, I kind of opened this up to the listeners, and maybe that's a good way to start. Um, I'll pose this question to you guys. Mm -hmm. uh, I said, we're about to record a bonus quarantine special episode covering Contagion films. Let us know how your social distancing is going and what movies you've been watching to survive the isolation. So how's your social distancing going, Joel? <laughs> well, outside of my family, pretty well. 
Uh, the few times that we've actually had to emerge from our cave and go into uh, the public sphere, uh, I, I actually had to go grab something uh, from a Home Depot because our toilet in one of our, not that you guys need the details of this, but in one of the rooms, it, it was about the toilet. It, it was, it, 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 it's a toilet used by three boys. So you can use your imagination as to oh, okay. the damage that's been inflicted upon this toilet. So had to be done. So I, I actually, I, well, first of all, I felt very self-conscious because I've never worn a mask in public, uh, aside from that little mm. alleged uh, bank robbing stint back in the nineties. Right, other than that, of course, other than um, that. yeah. Uh, but the other thing is I had literally, this is not a joke. I had five, N95 masks that I've had for years. Yeah. And they were from, I was doing a painting thing. And so, you know, I had them. And so they're used. It's not like I could donate them, but they said self-consciousness of I'm that guy <laughs> walking in <laughs> with like the right kind of mask on. So, and then the other thing that hit me was there was a couple of people there that, that were wearing masks. Most, it was actually surprisingly empty. I tried to also time it to where it looked like the parking lot was pretty empty. And, but there was a lot of people that weren't. And, and so I'm just sort of just rushing to get one. And I'm like, I felt like I was in a game. Like I was like, people would not even be paying attention. And I would just like do this move around them. Like I was, you know, doing some kind of pseudo Heisman maneuver, you know, <laughs> I'm trying yeah. to, I'm trying to get her. So, uh, and then the other thing is we've, we've been going on like regular bike rides because there's enough sidewalks and area, but, and for the most part, there hasn't been a lot of people that we pass, but on occasion when we do, I usually find myself just having to yell at my children, you know, get over, like, you know, and of course, and I realize the person kind of looks at me like, you know, thanks. It's like, well, come on, you know, I, I would hope we all get it by now, but so that's, that's what we've been doing for social distancing. Just on that last note, um, you know, we're going out on walks in the evening and uh, well, actually I haven't cause I sprained my Achilles tendon, which is another, another thing, but um <laughs> my wife and her brother, when they see people coming down the street, they yelled at my kids, zombie, zombie. <laughs> and the kids cross the street. <laughs> I can imagine oh. people really appreciate that. Oh yeah. Yeah. How about I'm you, work, Dave? Dave. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I've, I've been at work. I'm still going to work uh, 40 hours a week. And, uh, and yeah, a few of the brave. The yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, Yesterday, I tried wearing a mask. Now, it's funny because my, w at my work, uh, before I put on a mask, I had, they had to read me a memo uh, that came down from, from corporate, something like, well, this does not replace washing hands, right. and you, have to, you can't keep touching the mask or anything like that. And then they said, and then you have to watch a video. The video was basically the memo in video form. But I got them both, and I put a mask on. It was one that a neighbor had made out of old leggings. So I put it on, and I thought, okay, I have it secure. It's pretty good. And then every time I breathe, my glasses fogged up. So I was <laughs> able to wear it for maybe about 10 minutes. And I said, okay, this isn't going to work. I'm going to have to try an another mask later. But a lot of people are coming in wearing masks. A lot of customers are coming in wearing masks, which is good. And they are now starting, most of them are starting to practice the social distancing. It was not that way at first. When meat would, you know, when we'd first open up, there would be 12 people along the meat wall and just reaching and grabbing. And, and when I would be fun, I work in the deli when I'd be putting out, we're not, we're not servicing over the counter now. So because that always gets people join, you know, it's like a big group in front of the counter. So we have this big section where we're putting out pre-packs but as I'm filling it up, there's people reaching over to get pre-packs. There's, you know, looking over my shoulder in the cart, what I have. And I'm just making me a little nervous, you know, because you, you, you don't know. Um, 
And but it, it's been getting better. It was really not good for a while there. I think I was texting you guys. I was just like so frustrated with it. But it's getting better now uh, a little bit. Not everybody, but you know, it's to the point now where you know even my manager's like, I'll go out and tell him, hey, back off. We're filling this up. Um, you know, and that's kind of how you have to be. Um, but most people are understanding of that, and they'll hang back. So it's getting better. Uh, but it is still very sort of surreal to be going into work because it's not the same. We're doing things very differently. Everybody's doing things differently. You see people walking around with masks, but you still see a lot of people. And there's still people like mothers and fathers bringing their children in. And it's like those four people walking around. It's like, really, we're trying to, to, you know, maybe somebody could stay home with the kids. And, but there are still people who are looking at it as, as a time to go out. I mean, I think I told you guys, a lady came in and, and bought um, just a hanging plant and walked out with a hanging plant. And I don't know why that is a necessity now. <laughs> actually, I have an answer for Dave. I have an answer. Dave, I have an clean answer. Air. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I, they, actually, there are uh, uh, some studies being done at this time that hanging plants may in fact be I'm just done. Yeah, I know. I, I, obviously, yeah. There's nothing. I saw. I saw another guy walking out with uh, two bags of chips and an apple. Eh. You know, well, at, at least, least he's, he's being healthy. That's he got right. That's right. Yeah. At least he's got. He's like at a McDonald's Happy Meal. He gives you all yeah. this junk, and then they put little pieces of apple in there. It's like, oh, now you're healthy. Yeah. <laughs> The hoarding is a really fine line. Like how much do you prepare ahead of time? Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want to go in every day. We, we've been really lucky because, well, because of my father-in-law's situation with cancer, other people have been very helpful trying to minimize the amount of time that we have to leave the house. So, I mean, honestly, like we went shopping three weeks ago and I've, we haven't been to the store since then. And it's because other people will say, Hey, we're going to Costco or we're going to wherever. Can we pick some stuff up for you? And they drop it off on the front porch and then we all go out and sanitize it with Lysol and throw (laughs) it in the garage for a few days. I mean, we're, you know, we're taking it super seriously because of our unique situation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But you, you actually, Josh, I was with you, you brought that up about the packages. It was, I had this moment. I, after you said the whole thing about, you know, and I, I thought to myself, oh, he's doing that because, you know, of the father-in-law situation, all that. But then I thought it was like, actually, no. And keep in mind, at this point, we've accepted like half a dozen packages without even thinking about it. Right. I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, Durr. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 need to be careful. So yeah, like ever since then, like I'm I'm getting them, and as soon as like I open them, I'm putting the cardboard in the. I'm doing it all in the garage, taking the stuff out. I'm wiping down, you know, whatever it is if we need it. Then if not, yeah, I mean, just leave it out in the garage for two or three days just to be sure. And, and yeah. you know, it, it it not all not everybody's dealing with what you're having to deal with, but still, why take the chance? I guess it's right. the point. I mean, you still don't want the COVID, right? But no. at least, the, I mean, the difference, I guess, being is it will definitely kill my father-in-law yes. if we get yeah. it in the house. So actually, my wife and her brother were able to get tested and were free, you know, COVID-free. So I'm assuming the whole house is. So that's reassuring. But, man, I'm on, like, day 25 of complete lockdown at this point. And before mm-hmm. that, I was already kind of, like, casually social distancing for, like, a month, you know, like, still being kind of careful. So... It's been a long, long time, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Are you guys watching Contagion movies still? I know when we first talked last episode, we were all watching Outbreak and, and things like that. And I know you guys on Retro Movie Geek are yeah. actually covering. I saw you Andromeda Strain episode went up. Yeah. I've been avoiding listening to those until we recorded this episode, just in case there was any crossover. I didn't want to be 
in, unduly influenced by Daryl's opinions. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, he, he you guys spends still- mo- he spends most. Of, sorry, up here, but he spends most of the episodes pretty much just uh, in a fetal position, talking about how mm-hmm. it's all. And when the and when the people of the future come back out of the ground, that they'll they'll find just know he was a good person. That's right. really all he wants. In a twelve right. monkey situation, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, hope he's leaving. Hope he's leaving uh, graffiti behind mm-hmm. to yeah. explain it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Dave? I know yeah, you've been watching I've, a lot. I have. I've, well, I've been watching a lot of movies. Um, for Land of the Creeps, we were doing Nordic horror, so I was watching a lot mm. of uh, Nordic horror films. But I have been watching Contagion uh, the last three, four days, and quite a few of them, actually. Um, I just had a pop-up that said we now have unlimited minutes. Yeah, I, I just saw that, that, too, Josh. Okay. We, we apparently have unlimited minutes. So if you want to just keep this ball rolling, apparently it says we have unlimited time. We, they said, like, our gift to you. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, okay. it's what I came up and said. Okay. Thanks, but, um, Zoom? Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> um, but I have been watching, yeah, I have been watching Contagion movies and um, some older ones. Uh, I guess we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, you know, there was one, Josh, that you had mentioned that I didn't realize it was a, it was a Contagion movie, Panic in the Streets from 1950. Um and it's it's interesting it's interesting to to see that film and uh and what they were and then even a movie like contagion where they're they were using terms in that that have now become commonplace you know and at the time when that movie was made it's like oh what the hell is that but now it's you know terms that we hear every day um so yeah I, i have been watching uh quite a few i think i i eased off for a little while i think on one week three hit i kind of the actual gravity and depression of the whole situation kind of hit me on week three. I was like, Oh, I don't know if I could take this anymore. And then I just started watching stand up comedy for like a week. <laughs> Plus the other thing is I have all these terrible movies. My kids want to watch that I'm watching mm. off and on as well. So, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of getting back into horror again this last week and um, been getting prepared for our next regular episode that we're going to be doing. I'm, uh, it's been fun. I, watch the body snatchers from 93 and that was a blast and yeah I, but yeah contagion wise i i mostly watched those in week one of lockdown it was outbreak and i i started watching virus but i the 1981 dave but mm-hmm. i wasn't able to finish it unfortunately okay. um, contagion i watched and several others i'm sure we'll talk about they but. were you just weren't able to you couldn't get into the virus I, I mean, I don't know if um, it was the one that they have on Amazon or what, but the, just the transfer was so bad. It was just, uh, um, yeah, it, and it's, un, it's unfortunate because it's an edited version too. Like I'm lucky enough to have the Sonny Chiba set where I have the full two and a half hour version of it. Mm-hmm. I know what they had edited for um, the first one. I think I saw was the edited version, um, mm-hmm. but uh, oh, that's too bad. I wasn't being dismissive of it. I, mm-hmm. I intend to watch it. I just didn't have the opportunity to finish it when I started watching it. And then I was just like, a, I, I was more inspired to watch other stuff, I guess. So okay. But I, I do want to get back to it. I'm looking forward to your review. Cause I want to hear all about it. But. Okay. Yeah. And then zombie movies. I, you know, we talked about again, like back on our infected narrative episode with Dr. Walking dead, we talked about zombies with regard to viruses. I, uh, today I watched the girl with all the gifts. That was a, oh, not the gifts, not the gifs. Right. Not an animated <laughs> sequence of images, but um, she's gifted. Did you guys ever watch Black Summer on Netflix, the oh. zombie TV show that came out? Oh, 
I watched no. the first. Yeah, I did watch the pro, I watched the pilot of that. But yeah, you didn't watch the whole season. I haven't seen any of it. Okay. Yeah, my, my wife and I watched it when it came out, and I guess I had heard rumblings that season two was dropping in the relatively near future. Um, inter- interesting timing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, with me, I have to just keep watching movies. Like I've been watching an average of about six a day because, you know, my wife is, uh, is home. Uh, she's a, 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 a daycare. I work oh. at daycare. And so when the schools aren't in, she's not working. So oh, she's, okay. she's home now. And, um, the minute I let up, it's the Hallmark Hallmark channel. So I've got to keep going. I've, I've got to just keep a steady. Dave hasn't slept in three and a half weeks. That's right. He's either gonna, at work I got a, or he's got the TV going. I got, I actually got the next four days off, um, which I had requested months ago because we were going to go somewhere for, uh, for Easter weekend. And of course now we're not going anywhere. And I think I'm going to try to do like, what was it? The button a where I'm just going to say, Oh yeah. Just boom, boom. Yeah. I do want to just say Black Summer is one of the shows that has been put on hiatus uh, because the production delayed due to coronavirus. Uh, so yeah, it's hard. I detract so, a lot of shows aren't coming back this next year. It's going to be kind of crazy. And then they've pushed so many films. Yeah. yeah. Ghostbusters got pushed for yep. like, like next year eight months or something yep. crazy. Yep. Yeah. Next year. Yep. Yeah. Oh, awful. Yes. Look forward to that one. <laughs> yeah. Get my, get my uh, spirits up. So, oh, I love I love the trailer. The trailer is so cool. Yeah. Have you guys ever seen Hell of the Living Dead? That's also oh wait, that's that's virus. Wait, okay, now there's okay, so there's one called Virus Hell of the Living Dead from 1980. Then there's also Day of Resurrection from Day of Resurrection. Day of virus. Resurrection is the virus that I'm talking about. Right. Uh, the one with the the also like the international cast, and yeah, that's the one I seen. Uh, it's also Day of Resurrection. But I thought I think I've heard of Hell of the Living Dead. I don't know that I saw it as virus though. I'm and I don't even know if I saw it as it's is it one of those movies that has isn't an Italian film that has about eighteen titles or uh yes. And it okay. was uh, it is currently on Amazon as well. I think both versions of Virus not from nineteen eighty are on Amazon currently right uh-huh. now, but I believe it's listed as Hell of the Living Dead on Amazon. Um but yeah, that one's a flesh eating zombie movie, but I but I I'm assuming based on the title, uh, that it is virus hmm. adjacent oh let me let me get some of the listener comments really quick unless you had something you were about to say joel no i'm good i'm good i was just looking through that article for vulture that you were talking about yeah why don't you lead us off with that right after this i'm just going to read okay. some of the listener reactions um the image that i posted with this tweet was from the girl with all the gifts and trey whetstone said that's an appropriate image since i just watched the girl with all the gifts yesterday camping up Catching up on some random horror, Bloodline, Headcount, Life Changer, The Other Lamb, and others. Planning on watching We Summon the Darkness and Sea Fever tomorrow when they come out on VOD. Joel Tell Hell says, Just watched Adventures in Babysitting with the kids in Disney+. Plus. They have censored that movie to death on there. <laughs> um, Barely Ashley says, Spend some time with the Criterion release of Night of the Living Dead. I rewatched the Friday the 13th franchise more than I want to admit. And I know the burning question is, has Ashley watched Return of the Living Dead 1,000 times over? No, not once. We'll fix that soon. Um, Amanda Williams said, I've been watching Drag Me to Hell for some extra vomit action. The platform, VFW, Vivarium for new releases. The Scream series for some levity during this nightmare. And Greener Grass for oddball comedy. Um, 
yeah, both VFW and the platform are two that I would love to talk about in our next Frankensteinian episode. I'm, I'm looking forward to discussing those films. Um, Coleman Weirholm says, I haven't watched a lot of Contagion films, but having been catching up with some horror films, finally watched Candyman for the first time since I was a child in anticipation of the new film. That's another one that got pushed back, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Ah, I'm dying to see Candyman. And um, the original is currently streaming on Netflix, just so people know, just as an FYI out there. Um, plus, my first time viewings of Vincent Price's An Evening of Edgar Allan Poe, Color mm-hmm. Out of Space. That's another one we have to talk about on Frankensteinian. Yep. Go on the third floor with CM Punk because I love wrestling. Also, I could see him playing Ash for sure. What do you think of that? And The Hunt. I know The Hunt is one of those films that, uh, that Blumhouse has put out. You can watch at home for $20. I um, also rewatched A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night because my girlfriend was asking about my favorite vampire films. Other non-horror films I saw but could be horror adjacent were Mad Max again. My son is playing the game on PS4. The Man from Nowhere, first time, I loved it, and a Tarantino marathon. Also, Will, Will Ferrell marathon. Lots of wrestling. Right now, about to start the Shudder original series called Cursed Films. Episode one is about The Exorcist. Have you heard of this? Yeah, so Coleman, my former podcast co-host at the documentary blog podcast, the now defunct podcast and blog uh, Jake Cheel, I think, is the director of the Cursed Films series. And I talked to him to see if he wanted to come on our show and talk about it during his Shutter segment. And he said he'd be up for it. He is one of the hosts of my all-time favorite film podcast, Film Junk. That was the one that got me into podcasting originally. Um, and then we later did a documentary podcast together. But yeah, I'm looking forward to Cursed Films. I saw some really negative feedback on a bloody disgusting uh, thread earlier today um, about that series, but it sounds interesting to me. Basically, going through different films that are rumored to have had curses, and then talking about, um, I guess, the realities behind that. But I haven't seen it yet, so really looking forward to that one. Uh, so thank you to those guys. We will revisit this thread as more responses roll in. Um, but I wanted to touch on one of the things that uh, one of our listeners said here. What was it though? Man, live shows, right? <laughs> oh, the hunt. Did you guys have you guys tried either of these uh any of these home releases that have been happening since the quarantine? Like the no. City House and I had Invisible actually Man I, for twenty dollars. I had seen the Invisible Man. Yeah. That was one of the few last movies I saw in the theater. That was the uh, very last no no no, sorry. I I watched the onward film. It was yeah. Invisible Man and then Onward were the last yeah. two films. Yeah, for me it was Invisible Man, Onward, and then King Kong, just because we happened to get to see that. Um and then I really want to see the hunt. And if it was like, you know, buy it for 20 bucks. <laughs> if you could have a party and invite people over for 20 bucks. Yeah. 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 I, I suppose. Yeah. But you can't. So uh, I, I, I feel like I'm waiting to see if it drops a, a little bit at some point, if it drops, even if it dropped down to like 1295, something that's a little bit. And, and I had several people say to me, well, what, how, doesn't it cost you 20 bucks, you know, for the tickets to the theater? I was like, actually, I, maybe a lot of people, depending on where you're at, I totally get, if you're in certain markets, but in ours, we hit a matinee and we do a 2d movie, you know, my wife and I, we can see a movie for eight bucks a pop. So it's yeah. still, I, I realize I'm nickeling and diming the fact that there's a $4 difference there, but, uh, eventually I will see it. I, I'm really looking forward to that movie. So, um, but yeah, no, other than that, there wasn't anything else that was jumping out at me. Color of space. I still need to see, haven't seen that yet. Yeah, my friend in Honolulu was like, we watched Onward for $20 at our house, or we could have gone to the theater, and me and my wife 
and the kids would have all paid twenty dollars to see it. So like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, each paid twenty dollars to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Dave? Uh, I, no, I haven't uh, been. I haven't had a chance to see any of the movies. The last movie I saw in a theater was uh, was the um, Tokyo Godfathers, which was mm-hmm. one of those Fathom events, right? Uh, which you know I I enjoyed. I I haven't. I think I'd seen that on the big screen when it first came out, and this was sort of a, uh, a remaster of it, and I, I enjoyed seeing it again. I really did want to see King Kong, though. I, I wanted to get to the Fathom mm-hmm. event for King Kong. They were promoting it. I, I, I didn't get a chance. I think, and I think the last, uh, I'm trying to think, what was the last movie I saw in the theater? It was probably back during the Oscars. I think it might have been Jojo Rabbit, other than Tokyo Godfathers, but uh, haven't seen any of the 2020. Uh, releases and uh, now I'm wondering, will I get a chance? Have you, does that appeal to you at all to do the watch Invisible it, Man it, for twenty dollars at home? It does. It, it does. Now, uh, my my manager at work was saying uh, saw the Invisible Man. Is like, oh, that's money I'll never get back. What a rotten movie! I'm like, Whoa. wow, that's the the first bad thing I've ever heard about Invisible yeah. Man. Well, it turns out it was like one of the Asylum. Invisible Man because it wasn't. I saw that one too. That one's on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, and, oh. and and that and assumed it was the Invisible Man, which I think is what they want you to assume, right. so that you're going to end up getting that movie. I didn't even think about how that is going to play if you if more and more movies were to get this kind of release. You know the the asylums and those. I mean, how much is before you at least had that bit of a buffer, right? You're, yeah. you're, you're into your movie. Um, uh, what was it when, um, what was it? The, like battle Los Angeles, the one, you know, remember that when that one came out, I remember there right. was a, there was a knockoff of that, that, so, I mean, you always have that going, but you had, you have at least a bit of a buffer. So people would say, well, that, that shouldn't be on my TV yet. That that's still in the theaters, isn't it? But now, now they'll all be on your <laughs> right. TV at the exact and, same time. And like they, and they release paranormal entity. When paranormal activity comes yeah. out, you yeah. Know, yeah. It, it, but this one being that it's a, a name in the in the public forum, whatever that's called, I'm blanking on. But basically, they can use the name of the Invisible Man without any. Oh, the public domain. Yeah, public yeah. domain, right? Yeah. So that's it. But I actually saw that one. It wasn't terrible. Like it felt like a student film or like a really low budget. Like it felt like a movie you would have seen in '93 on video, like indie yeah. film. I mm-hmm. kind of liked it, but mm-hmm. that was before the new one came out. So sure. Okay. Right, and that—that's, and she assumed she was seeing the new one that everybody was right. raving about, and, and was like, "Okay, I don't see it." Yeah, um, yeah but yeah. and it's not good. I'm just saying, I you know, right? I get, I get what you mean. I, I know the vibe you're talking fans. about. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, that that's yeah. <laughs> so the long and the short of it, Dave, is you won't be t- paying twenty bucks to rent any of these movies. You'll you'll wait until they've. Come down. Uh, it's funny. Yeah, I'm sitting there going, you know, it's, I, I go, well, I'm not going to pay twenty ninety nine for that, but I have no problem paying twenty four ninety nine when the Blu-ray comes in. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like then you can rationalize it with you own it and you right. get all the extras, assuming there are any. Yeah. Right. It, right. It, honestly, if Ghostbusters or Candyman had been released to the home, I would have 100% purchased those mm. to watch at home. Yeah, and I think I would And probably Invisible Man had I not seen it in theaters. Yeah. Well. yeah. I, and if they do yeah. it, you know what? If they do it with Antlers... I mm-hmm. think I would get. I'm really yeah. looking forward to Antlers. Yeah. I, I yeah. thought the trailer for that was was pretty incredible, and 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 Antebellum too. Yeah, uh, I was really into the trailer for that. I, I would probably pay for that one also. Now I will ask this because this is the one. I, I hope we aren't having to have this conversation at this point in the year. But Halloween Kills, 
Mm. Do, do you do you wait? Like if you knew that you could wait, like they're like, oh, the theaters will be open, but it's gonna be like a week after it, we're gonna release it streaming, and then a week later. I know this is not how it's gonna happen, but I'm just saying hypothetically, would you watch it? Or they or they said you get to vote. You're gonna watch it streaming now this year in October, or do you wait to see it in theaters next October? They'll bump it. Would you rather wait to see that in theaters? Have to imagine that that's why Blumhouse was testing out the Hunt and Invisible Man was ah. to see if uh, they did enough business to release Halloween. Because mm-hmm. even if the virus dies down in the summer, it's supposed to come back stronger in the fall. So mm-hmm. I, I imagine anything that's happening in the fall is also going to be canceled. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would pay for it to watch it at home. That's definitely one I'd pay for. Yeah, because I'm not gonna wait. <laughs> I don't have the patience. To yeah, wait, I, so. I I think I would. I think I would as well. It's I gonna mean, make it, me sad uh, though. It's funny. We should. Come, I'm I'm probably put together a list of movies that I would would not mind paying for to see at home, and I think that would <laughs> definitely be right up there, um, as well as the other ones I mentioned. I don't know what uh, you know, and oh, I think a new Wes Anderson's coming out this year. Is it Wes, Wes Anderson? Yeah, I think Wes, a new Wes Anderson's coming out. I'd probably pay for that one too. But definitely Halloween Kills. Yeah, I think I would. Uh, I'd want to see that this uh, this October. Mm-hmm. So here is a great response from our good friend David Dunbar, David from the UK. Uh, this is the kind of response I was hoping for. <laughs> he said, "Went out to get groceries today, and it was the most I felt like I was in a truly dystopian nightmare so far." There's nothing I can specifically describe. It's just more of a feeling hanging in the air. The cause of starving seagulls bereft of the usual dropped chips and spilled takeaways they would thrive upon. Faces sagging with worry and eyes flickering with unease. And in general, I just feel like all this reveals how the horror sci-fi genres are really effing important things to pay attention to. The people writing this stuff are often very insightful in their willingness to explore dark dystopian scenarios and aspects of life most people would rather not think about actually leads to some seemingly prophetic stuff. These genres are worth regarding as tales of warning of what might come from taking our comfort and safety for granted or going down a path where human life becomes something frivolous and disposable. Thank you for that, David. Yeah. (laughs) I like it. Well put. All right. So uh, we're using uh, vulture.com. Had an article from a few days ago, the 79 best pandemic movies to binge in quarantine. And we're going to use that as, as our uh, template. template. Yeah. yeah. They did our work for us, basically. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I can close like 13 well, different browser windows now. I will say this. I will say this. Dave did the initial run of work because he put it on our, right. our show notes. Yes. And then this, is, and I think, uh, his actually has a, a shockingly large amount that were also included on this list. So good job, Dave. No, oh, thank you. I, I didn't <laughs> think it was complete because then I started thinking of some other ones afterwards. And uh, I don't even know if I went back and added them in. So I'm anxious to hear this, the full list. That you yeah, they, they really get deep on the on the different subgenres, which I think is what Josh was wanting to do here with. Uh, I, st- I stayed away from zombie because I think we were talking sure. about maybe staying away from zombie. But yes. um, be interesting. Yeah. Well, we had done specifically the zombie, um, but we did, we did mostly focus on the 28 days and 28 weeks later um, films. We talked in the theme discussion about zombies. I don't know that we got into all of the different zombie movies. So Mm -hmm. yeah, this will be fun. I'm excited. Total side note, but it is related to uh, COVID-19. When you're bald, does this count as touching your face? Or this? (laughs) I think the eyebrows are a good dividing line. It's anything here up, I'm good. Okay. Anything mm-hmm. above anything above right. the eyebrows, you should stay away okay. from all the holes. Is what you're saying? Okay. 
<laughs> I, I, I get to, put it, I I get to see Josh's that, but, face. Yeah. I finally yeah. get to see Josh's reactions to it as a really stupid innate <laughs> stuff. <laughs> That's it. The only problem with video is if video must like roll our eyes or anything when they mess right. talk. It's like, oh, oh. right. It's like, <laughs> Can't oh, wait, hide that's it. Right, video. Can't hide it. <laughs> All right, so let's start off with classic contagion movies. That is the first subgenre that they uh, they they hit upon here, and we have uh, Outbreak, of course. Yeah. The and that was the first movie. one I went to mm-hmm. when when this all happened. I said, I've got to watch Outbreak. Yep. And uh, yep. Yeah. I'm glad I did. It was a yeah. fun rewatch. Yeah. It really wasn't nearly as scary as I remembered it being to me, though. See, I, I, for mm. me, I, what I remembered about the movie, see, it, it almost feels as if it's a big budget um, uh, disaster film. And yes. I guess in a way it is. Yeah. But you get the strengths and the weaknesses with that. Like the strengths are, I, I remember that whole, uh, the setup of, of uh, you know the, the the monkey coming in and being released and and everything and then uh, when they're trying to figure out where this host is like how are they ever going to do it how, how are they ever going to to get to that and and that was fascinating and just the scene in the movie theater is is what got me scared the hell out of me but then I could have done a li- with a little bit less of the whole Donald Sutherland evil, uh, you know, th- that end of it. I really liked the other parts of it wh- with the investigation and dealing with the virus. Um, it's just when it started to start to veer off into that, um, you know, the, 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 the military, uh, almost like the, what Jack T Ripper from Dr. Strangelove, the guy who's going to just, uh, yeah. sort of dictate everything. I'd, I lost a little bit of interest at that point, but there is a lot in the movie. And, and Dustin Hoffman gives one of those performances. I mean, he is, he's like a, he is crazy in that movie. And you, you start to see why everyone talks about how crazy he is earlier in the movie. When this happens, you get to see it firsthand. It's like, no, tell him to do it again and then do it again and then do it again. And, you know, it, it's, I, 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 there's a lot, there is a lot to like about it. Yeah. Yeah, that the military stuff's a little ham-fisted. It's kind of like what you would expect it to be like. I think the contagion stuff was kind of breakthrough at the time. I mean, I had mm. never seen anything like that. I really remember there's the scene with the the suit that rips. That yeah. being so shocking to me mm. when I first saw it. And then I think it still held up pretty well. Uh, now, it, it wasn't terrifying in the same way that I thought it was in the 90s. But I will say the context of watching it right now yeah. did add a lot of weight to it that I hadn't anticipated. I was like, ooh, that's that's freaky. Like, is, it be- is it because Kevin Spacey's the one in the suit? That didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, I just think the the weight of the whole film, yeah. you know, I, yeah. I think just the idea of um, how we're interacting with this, like, invisible threat right now. And, mm-hmm. uh, like, that's I, – I, like, you know, again, we're on like super secure lockdown here. And so I kind of always try to imagine like, all right, what if this thing was hot pink and I'm going to like get every bit of hot pink off of me right now. Like, that's like how I have to kind of think about it in my mind watching that film. There's that scene um, where it goes airborne. And that mm-hmm. was one of those mm-hmm. moments where I was like, Oh no, that's yeah. the one I always think of when I, well, that's what I always remembered and really freaked me out because people are laughing and then it's just like flying through the air and, uh, that's that's what disturbed me. The movie theater, yeah. 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 So next up, a movie that isn't uh, nearly as much fun, <laughs> Contagion. Mm. <laughs> that is so grim. And I yeah. I loved rewatching it. Kind of what Dave was saying. And really the true was the same was true with Outbreak. I feel like 
just these words, you know, their dialogue rings more familiar in this time than it ever has before. But right, I had they mentioned they talk social distancing uh, in in Contagion. Um, the, the, there's a scene where I know where they talked about it, and back then people were like, oh, you know, what the hell? Now everybody knows what that is. Uh, but Contagion, it's what gets me about that is just how simply. I mean, just this is it's just in a casino and hanging out with a few people and you start to realize, you know, from the from the beginning, you see the the infected people and and like you know falling down in a subway and everything. Then you realize, oh, they were all together at this casino and not even really all together. One guy just came over. He was a waiter, picked up, picked up a glass. And you're like, wow, it, it that's how it can spread. That's that's how easily it it can spread and become a pandemic because now that guy goes on to a subway. Now everybody in the subway is infected and, and this woman goes on a plane. So the people on the plane are in danger and it really does get you. I mean, and then the scene with Kate Winslet in the room where she wakes up and, and she's sick and she knows she's in trouble and that she's probably just infected other people. You're like, wow. It's, uh, that, that was, as as much as I I thought outbreak that was that affected me as I thought outbreak would on a re- rewatch but outbreak didn't quite get there contagion right. still did man yeah and it's a it's a grim grim film like it 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 ends like there's no there's no happy endings here no and you know the the argument is like you know like with well amongst horror fans is it a horror movie I would say the ending for me solidifies the fact that this is real life horror because this is, this is not pulling any punches, you know? Yeah. Right. I mean, they do get a vaccine. (laughs) So there is that. I mean, it's, you know, it could have been grimmer. It could have been the road, which I think we'll get to here later in the list. Um, All right. Let's see. We've got the flu is, which is a South Korean film. Have uh, either of you, yeah, no, neither have I. I haven't seen it either. No, I meant to, I really wanted to watch it, uh, but I didn't get a chance to. I, I could roll a little bit quick high level here. It says in this South Korean film, a severely deadly strain of the virus H5N1. I wonder if they went, wasn't it H1N1? Wasn't that the original? But anyway, maybe it's for the movie. It's called H5N1. Starts tearing through the city of Bundang, killing those who contract it within 36 hours. Hmm. So it's okay. it sounds like another fun, uplifting movie. Right. In the vein of Contagion. Uh, The Cassandra Crossing with Sophia Loren, Martin Sheen, Ava Gardner, and Burt Lancaster. New to me. I didn't see that one. I think I have it. I have it in a double feature Blu-ray, but I haven't seen it. Apparently, it is an infected type movie. Uh, And the next one is called Infection. This is a Japanese movie. When a doctor's mistake leads to dire consequences for a patient, a strange illness starts afflicting the medical staff who helped cover it up with the infected liquefying into a green goop, which kind of sounds awesome. So I may have to look that one up. I, th- I think they remade that here as Street Trash. Yes. Yeah, right. there you go. There you go. Uh, Virus from 2019, which is an Indian film. The Bay. We're back to found footage. Yeah. Uh, the Bay, I, the the Bay, Bay, is, I the Bay is a lot better than I remembered. I revisited this one, and I it didn't really work for me the first time. Um, I think we were kind of in the glut of found footage horror films at that point when I saw it, and I was just kind of not 
it took a lot to stand out in that genre for me. And I think was wasn't it an A list director that directed this one as no, well? Barry Levinson, yeah, the right. guy who did the Diner and um, Liberty Heights mm-hmm. and a lot of good movies. So I'm assuming this was in the era when Blumhouse was saying, "Let's get." people who used to be A-list directors but haven't worked for a while and give them another shot. You know, they did that with James Wan. They did that mm-hmm. with, with a few people with M. Night Shyamalan. And, um, yeah, I don't know. For whatever reason, uh, this didn't work for me as well. And the original watches it did this time, but I, I thought it was really effective, actually. Uh, I, and, I again, agree. I think due to this, the context we're in, it just feels so uh, vital and kind of like, real you know mm-hmm. yeah this is one of those found footage films i have not seen because again my found footage viewing is it, it is a big uh gaping hole in my film watching <laughs> resume i, I would recommend i recommend okay I, I and really i remember when it came out and I, but again to josh's point i think it was in that glut and i mm-hmm. wasn't that you know it's and i have i'm in that weird space i think he, a lot of people either love found footage or hate them and i was sort of in that middle where i was like meh you know and i'd occasionally see one and like it but I never felt this compulsion to have to rush out when something I came think, out. I think what I really liked about it was that it it, it sort of branches off into a lot of uh, subplots and different stories. Okay. But yet, when when it gets to, like when it breaks from one to the other, there's never one where you're saying, oh, why are we going back to this one? You know, because all of them are interesting and in where, they, where they take you, uh, you know, because it's like, okay, some people haven't discovered what's going on yet. There's this, this uh, husband and wife with a baby and the husband was in the water for a little bit and they're heading to the town and you're like, they haven't discovered what's going on there. Then the 4th of July festivities. And then there's even the, even this girl who's live streaming with her friend in the hospital after, after breaking out and, and everything. Um, there's a ride along with the police. A lot of things are going on in this film. A lot of different side stories all sort of, you know, dealing with the same topic. And yet all of them I thought were interesting. There was never when they'd break from one to the other, I was like, oh, get past this one. Let's get back to this one. I liked them all. And I, and that's, that's, you know, I wasn't expecting that. And, you know, especially with a found footage movie and I'm guessing a somewhat low budget, you know, uh, because Jason Blum is listed as an executive producer. I think, what was it? Somebody had said, I don't know if it was you, Josh, you said that Jason Blum made a comment that, um, you know, the, the first really violent film he ever produced was directed by Barry Levinson. I hadn't heard that quote, but that's okay. hilarious. Yeah. And, and when I think it was the other thing when I heard Barry Levinson directed it and I, I'm, I would say I'm an apologist for Mike Nichols Wolf, but mm-hmm. I will say that, you know, when Mike Nichols directed Wolf, I sort of equate that to like Barry Levinson doing a found footage horror movie. Like it's right. like, really? I, okay, sure. Well, yeah, maybe it'll be interesting. <laughs> um, all right, so then we go down to uh, Deranged, which is a South Korean film. Oh, man, I, I wish I had seen that yeah, one. Yeah, there's I a lot of movies on here uh, that, seen it. Yeah, that I'm, I'm not we, even familiar we, with. We had done a South Korean episode on LOTC2, and, and I don't recall seeing Deranged. Is that a recent? Is it recent? It doesn't have the year. It just says the Paris... It's 2012. Is it 2012? Oh. It says, uh, uh, infected to drown themselves. And one man's family is infected. He has to do what he can to try and find a cure as condition spreads across the nation. No, I haven't seen that one. Uh, Carriers. Ah, oh, Carriers. That yeah, one Chris I Chris Pine and Piper yep. Parabo. Yep. It, 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 I think it was released. It was shot in 20, 2007. Released in 2009 after Star Trek and Chris Pine became a, a big ah. star. That's when it was released. But it is still, it's a good, uh, uh, it's a good sort of um, post-outbreak film. 
Um, and I'm trying to remember. I, I know I remember several scenes. As I know that I don't know why I'm remembering a scene where they're watching SpongeBob SquarePants at one point. But uh, I do. Re- it's a good movie. It really is. And, and I think that there is some genuine horror uh, elements to it. Some like some really, really disturbing scenes. Yeah. Um, yeah, the one thing that this, this list doesn't do us very many favors for is the years. I think the only time they're throwing the year on here is if a movie has a title that could be confused with another movie. Uh, see, after Carrie, you have The Last Days. I've seen movies called The Last Days. I don't know if it's this one. I, yeah, yeah, I know. It I, says, I, 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 there was a documentary, I think, uh, about um, concentration camps or something. No, this one's called, it says, an affliction called the panic has swept across humanity causing people to become so severely agoraphobic. They actually die if they are forced outside. Actually, you know what? I saw the trailer. It's, unavail- it's, it's available on Hulu. I just saw the trailer for this. As soon as I read that, it did look good. This actually looked really good. Oh, cool. It came out, um, actually, I think it was like 2013 or something. It came out a while back. Because I remember thinking it the, the vibe of it was very similar to some of the things we're dealing with now. So I was like, wow, that, that was you know, really, they rushed that one <laughs> to market. Wow. But it came out, I think, in like 2013. So nice. um, next up is Pontypool, which I think we are all fans of. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a classic. I mean, it's it's a film that, you don't want to overhype because it is a film that a lot of people are seem to be disappointed in when they see it. I don't know why, because I think it's just such an awesome, unique take on this kind of infection film. It's zombie-ish, you know, depending on how you want to define zombies. But I, I really, I really love Pondy Pool. And I think Stephen McCaddy's performance is a big oh. reason why. I mean, this he's, yes. he's so he's so uh, uh, electric in that film and all he's really doing is, is he's, he's a DJ, but he's, he does it, he does it so well. And, and it's like, you almost want him to have his own show so you could listen to it, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. It's, it's a fantastic movie. In fact, it's a movie that I had heard hyped up prior and I had heard a lot of naysaying about it as well. And so I kind I think I had tempered expectations, but I ended up loving it. I thought it was yeah. a fantastic movie. Uh, Panic in the streets. Ah, uh, yeah. Is, That's is the one it, I just saw. That it's it's Ilya Kazan directed, nineteen fifty. Okay, um, and it stars. Uh, oh God, um, uh, Richard Widmark. Richard Widmark, yes, who's such a, 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 a such an interesting actor. He started as just these, um, uh, like villains and and antiheroes. I think my favorite movie with uh, with his is Sam Fuller's um, Pick Up on South Street. Uh, but in this movie, he he plays a military guy, and and uh, somebody comes in on a boat, and and the setup is that that um, uh, this this uh, I want to say South America, and he's with his cousin, and he's in a poker game with uh, Jack. Uh, um, uh, oh, who is it? Zero Mostel is is one of the guys in the in the poker game. And why am I blanking on the name? The host of the old uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not, the Jack Palance. Uh, it's an early role for Jack Palance and Jack Palance is sort of this, uh, I want to say like a gangster and this guy ends up winning and he's so sick. I got to get out of here. I don't feel good. He leaves. Well, Jack Palance is like, I want my money back. So he sends Zero Mostel and the other guy out. They end up shooting this guy and dumping his body. He has, um, uh, what is it? Uh, not the bubonic plague, the pneumatic plague. 
and uh, which means it's going to be spread, you know, in the air. And and, and Robert uh, or uh, Richard Widmark and another car, uh, the the policemen that that are you know teamed up, they're trying to track down. They've got this body with two shots, and nobody saw anything. And they've got to find out who these guys are to try to stop the spread of this plague uh, from taking over the from taking over the city. It's so well shot. I mean, Ilya Kazan up to this point had done stage work. And even his first few movies, people were criticizing as oh, they're sort of stage bound. He really got visual in this one. And I think he did a great job with it and, and setting himself up for the later films. Um, and an early Ilya Kazan. So it's before he really got Hollywood angry at him by naming names during the McCarthy era. Um, but it, it's a great, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it, it, it just from every aspect, it's like a film noir dealing with um, uh, viruses and outbreaks. It's, it's really a strong, mm. strong movie. Got to get that one. I'm buying that. Yep. Uh, side note, Richard Widmark was in a TV movie from 1985. That was the, I guess, impetus for uh, terror on the tube. Uh, it's called blackout. I don't know oh. if you guys have ever even heard of it. Uh, it starred mm. Keith Carradine and Kathleen Quinlan, as well as Richard Widmark. Um, some Kathleen Quinlan. Yeah, I knew we had done it on Retro Movie Geek. Uh, Peter and I uh, had covered it. Um, I feel like Daryl wasn't even involved in that episode for some reason. I don't know why I feel that way. But it, regardless, it kind of got us the idea of like, you know, we really like these you know, made-for-TV, you know, 70s, 80s era horror thriller type movies and and thus uh terror of the tube was born so i knew i knew his face like as soon as i looked him up i'm like why do i know that guy and of course i know him from some obscure goofy <laughs> made for a tv movie all right um let me go ahead and go back here the killer that stalked new york is the next one on the list i'm not seeing that one me either that's easy <laughs> it says it's available on youtube so i it says it's another film noir though so that's kind of exciting i'm gonna yeah, we track that one down and do a little double feature. And smallpox it apparently deals with a smallpox epidemic in New York. Okay, the, the zombies are coming. You want to hit that uh, little section here? Yeah. Okay, so the zombies are coming. We got twenty eight days later. I feel like doesn't even need any introduction. Everybody knows that when you guys covered it. Uh, yeah, I mean I've mentioned that a couple of times. Let me just give the episode number. It's number fifty eight, mm -hmm. and I will put the link to that in the show notes. It's uh, the infected narrative with 28 days later and 28 weeks later, actually uh, the yeah. sequel. And uh, that was a really fun episode because you get Dr. Walking dead uh, dropping some knowledge on us. So um, check that one out if you haven't heard it yet. And then uh, we got Dawn of the dead 78 again, mm, kind of doesn't classic. even. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Another Rat. great episode with Dr. Walking dead actually as well. <laughs> That's one uh, of my favorite. That was our black Friday episode. That was. So oh yeah. I remember that. Yeah. That's great. Uh, we'll go ahead and jump. We'll skip here. Rabid and not rabbit. Rabid, the Rabid, Cronenberg film. The Cronenberg film, yeah, with uh, Marilyn Chambers. That's, yep. I, I like that. Uh, you know what? I I had seen Rabid, and I thought, wow, that's that's great. And then I saw Shivers, and I'm trying to figure out which one I actually like like better. But I think they're both really strong. Mm -hmm. Did you guys see It Stains the Sand Red? That was one I was meaning to see. I never caught. Nope. No. No. Trained Basan is on here. Yep. And that one, it's so funny, because I remember seeing that in the theater, and I I thought, Man, I wish they had just not put in that deer at the beginning. It's kind of annoying because 
typically in zombie films, the animals aren't infected. It's the, mm-hmm. you know, it, like it doesn't pass to the dog or whatever. And I was like, oh, it kind of sucks that they did that. It's like, they didn't know they're zombie films, but now in a real yeah. pandemic, I'm yeah, like, now you're like, Oh wait, that's kind of how this would roll. Yeah. <laughs> Way freakier too. Oh, especially I, I, I read the huge mistake of listening to something where they were talking about, uh, Pan, future pandemics and i guess there's something that deer is it i don't know if it's the ticks that are on the deer something that deer carry that is so deadly it is literally like a hundred percent fatality like yeah. it is horrific so yeah, yeah deer that they're, they're legit man you don't want to mess with the deer it's okay. spreading right now yeah that's currently spreading for sure that one's available on netflix if you have not seen train to basan it was like one of our very favorite films oh of the year it's fantastic yeah. it is it's, such a great it, movie it's still my uh yeah i love it it's it's still in my top movies of the decade it's just yeah. amazing yes it's one absolutely. of the most exciting zombie movies you'll ever see indeed world war z not as good <laughs> well it's not no, it's nowhere near as good as trade of Assault, but i'm going to say this i yeah. went into that i mean you know i heard all the naysaying about it i waited i rented it i didn't hate it like the cgi Fine. zombies are like bleh, whatever but right. i did not hate that movie i thought it was an action movie it was a good movie as an I action movie have you yeah. read the book and kind of like expecting it would be something like that sure. that was i could see a that bit being of a letdown as, as, yes. as well but for sure it's on hulu right now if people want to check that out uh, next up is uh, Mayhem. That is a uh, fun movie. Yeah, I love that. Cool? No, I have not seen that. It's got Samara Weaving in it. Oh man, I know yeah. I need to see it. And it's got Glenn Absolutely. from Walking Dead, Stephen Young. Absolutely, so. it's uh, it's so much it's so much fun. So yeah, I need fun. to see that. It, it, these these people get um, basically in, infected with a rage virus similar to the twenty days. Okay. Like, they don't turn into full zombies; they just turn evil. It like brings out your nasty side. Yeah, and so these uh, Samara Weaving and Stephen Young have to fight their way through their okay. office workplace i i will make that one a priority i think it's been on my queue forever but i just for yeah. whatever reason haven't haven't dropped the hammer i will say that being on video you know what it does it makes you extraordinarily self-conscious every time you do this move every time you're like stop touching your face <laughs> I, <laughs> right. I, i'd make sure i do it when i'm not talking yeah there you go um well i've got to send that little grid thing right now since we're all kind of talking at the same time when, when one of you guys starts talking I, i'm going to you but all right little monsters which uh we we discussed that in our zomcom episode Good times yes yeah, indeed. in the mood for a little, a slight zombie comedy. You can yes. do a lot worse, and yes. it's available on Hulu right I now. I like that. I like that movie a lot. Actually, I did too. Yeah, yep. uh, Wormwood, Road yes. of the Dead. Yeah, yes. that's a uh, uh, Australian film. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, it's. I love it. I think it's a great movie, and it's 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 got it's it's funny, it's exciting. Uh, it's almost like I'd say you know, it's got a Mad Max sort of vibe to it. Uh, a lot going on in that film, uh, and I, I really enjoy all of it. Uh, it's one that I don't think I, I know a lot of everyone who's seen it, or not everyone, but I know a lot of people have really enjoyed it, and I'm one of them. I think it's a, it's a lot of fun. All right. And then now we're moving into the post apocalypse, uh, and as they put it, and more zombies. Uh, I am legend. The yes. Smith, of course, uh, I'll just jump to it because I, I think they do mention, yeah, they, okay. That also includes Last Man on Earth with Vincent Price and right. The Omega Man with Charlton Heston. The Those Omega are all based Man, on the same right. source material by Richard Matheson, um, one of my favorite writers of all time. And in fact, that is one of my favorite books. So They're all fun. I don't think any of them are great personally, no. but they're all a fun watch. Yeah, they are. And, and I think... <laughs> Probably, I can't even say. I was going to say maybe the Vincent Price one on some level is a little bit closer to the book, but none of them capture the book. In fact, the little quick sidebar. I'll keep it really quick. Uh, but my, 
I'm 19 years old and I have a wild hair at my butt that I'm going to be Mr. Movie Maker. So I do a spec script. I, re- I wrote a feature length script for a class for I Am Legend. If I could dig it out, I'll send you a copy, Dude. Josh, so you can laugh. I, no, let's make it. And, and, yeah, and, right. to, and to say that Look I was... all your establishing shots in Orlando right now. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Disney World. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but I was, I was like, I was just slavishly like faithful to the source material to it, it was it was probably a, a little too much but uh mm-hmm. but yeah so i was very picky when each one of those came when i watched each one of them and uh i didn't hate the will smith one i i really did not like the way they looked i felt like making them cgi yeah. yet yet again like why but the cityscapes were what was fun about that movie. yes they looked you know, really it was, yeah, it was just really good walking through the yeah. overgrown city and there's like yes. live animals running around that yeah. was that was cool uh and, and i have a soft spot for the um omega man yeah, it's yeah, it's a fun I movie. Know. It's goofy, yeah. but it's fun. I was with my dad. My dad loved that movie. He the, loved uh, the, the zombie monster vampires and that though are really I don't know. They're a hippie cult. They're off. They're, right. they're off. Yeah, they're they're a, they're a weird hippie cult. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Cargo next up, which I liked quite a, both the short film and the feature. Both of those were great. Fantastic. Yeah. Yep. Here alone. I'm not I familiar with here alone. If I saw that one or not. No. They say they refer to it as an emo zombie movie. Mm. <laughs> no. Um, that wasn't the one with the guy trapped in his apartment in, in France, was it? Uh, it says a woman lives in isolation after losing her daughter and husband is buried no. into the guilt. Blah, blah, no, blah. I didn't see that one. No, I didn't either. It comes at night. Yeah. Mm. Again, that's the one that feels like I'm in right now. Um, <laughs> that, that was seriously like those were the vibes week one, man. Like it yeah. was just like uh, it was tense. But yeah, thankfully things have eased up a little bit. So. And now it's more Last Man on Earth or yes. Omega Man for you? Okay, that's good. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, the Night Eats the World. Yes, that, I think that, that's the one I was That's the one you were just mentioning, Josh. Yeah, that's yeah. the one you were just talking okay. about. That, that's good. That's yeah. definitely worth watching if you want something a little different. It's, you know, it's, it's a semi-unique take on the zombie genre. Okay. Uh, Resident Evil franchise. Mm. Uh, I like the third movie. I've only seen the first one. I don't think I've seen any of them but the first I, one. I don't like the aesthetic of the video games. And so people who are really into the games yeah. uh, tend to like the first two or, or whatever, but I just like, I hate that aesthetic. I hate this aesthetic of the zombies. The third movie feels like a zombie movie to me. And mm-hmm. I really like the creature design on the third movie. I like the setting and like a, a desert waste hole of, uh, of Las Vegas. But, um, you know, uh, one of our longtime listeners, Adam, who you guys should follow on Instagram at Adam's art box. And he's a talented artist. Um, he was in a band called searchlight and they did one of the soundtrack songs for uh, resident evil. I believe it was three, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. And, um, and we need to have him on the show to talk about those resident evil films with us because he's a mega fan of the video games. And they just lie. I think they lobbied really hard to get their song on, the soundtrack to the film. And I think it was like a major milestone for them, you know, and they were stoked. They're in a, he's in a kind of a country rock band now, but Mm, at the time it was kind of like a, like an emo uh, post post punk kind of rock band. So are you basically saying all this, Josh, that you want to do a franchise review of the resident evil movies? I do actually, (laughs) I I wouldn't mind doing it in one episode, to be honest, if I'm honest. Um, I I really liked three and I think I liked four too. I think it got better. It's one of those series that got better as it went. Um, I I would agree with you. The third one is the one that I really kind of drew me in as well. 
So it's basically the Mission Impossible of horror video game franchises, is what you yes. guys are saying. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have Ravenous. Yeah, Ravenous. Um, that was fun, right, Dave? Yeah, Ravenous. I'm trying to think. That is, that's the um, the um, one set. Uh, this is not the this is not the uh, one you're thinking of, Joel. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's, okay. yeah I was gonna say you can see that look on my face because we're this is not the period for, piece about cannibals with, with Guy no, Pierce. No, I'm is, like, I'm like, like how a, is that a virus? <laughs> this is a this is a, the French movie. Okay, or French Canadian, French Canadian okay. film, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, okay. and it's a, it is good. I, it's I, pretty run of the mill in terms of the plot like nothing amazing happens and if you know if you're a walking dead fan it could just be an episode of the walking dead there are a few different rules with the zombies that are fun yes, and yes. there's just some nice emotional moments that are really kind of gut-wrenching and mm-hmm. but yeah in terms of you know when we talk about these zombie movies in terms of the contagion element of them um it's not like one that to me really stood out as like a contagion film, as opposed to something like the girl with all the gifts, which mm-hmm. really feels like the disease is in the air floating around. You're seeing the particles or like, you know, like outbreak where you're going through the air vent and traveling, you know, it's not that kind of a thing. It's just a zombie movie. But, and a but, lot of these zombie movies are, but you're right. The way that the zombies behave, uh, especially in this big field, um, you know, just staring at this this collection of junk, uh, like a big pile of junk. I, I I liked that aspect of it, and I thought it opened strong. I know that the scene with these guys uh, in a truck, I thought it had a really strong opening as well. But I I thought I liked the way that they were depicting the zombies and 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 the way that they were sort of uh, transfixed uh, on certain things. I, I kind of like that. All right, how about Insight? A new one. That's a German. Yeah, didn't you cover yeah. that? Not that yeah. long ago? Yeah, yeah I, I did. So. I, okay. I, I did. I enjoyed it. I'm trying to, I'm sort of racking my brain here, trying to uh, remember specific. I know there's one set in, in a train and it's, it's almost like, a, and well, the, that's what we're getting into the post-apocalyptic here. Yeah, I, um, I would recommend it. That's a 2019 cool. film. Absolutely. All right. Now we're into the life after infection. Yeah. Uh, right, right off the bat. The movie we most recently recorded an episode on, it hasn't, as, as we record this, depending on when this episode drops, it may or may not be uh, out on Retro Movie Geek, but that is 12 Monkeys. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I, I, lo- I love the look of Terry Gilliam. Like Terry Gilliam, the, the, the future, uh, he, he's great at that. You, almost, you can almost see that him, him borrowing some props from, from like uh, Time Bandits or Brazil yes. or something. Baron Munchausen. Right, for, for, <laughs> yeah. the, for those, for those yeah. openings. And then when it goes to, they overshoot and he's in 1990. Yeah. Um, it, uh, I don't know. I, I just, I liked it. I liked it more the most recent viewing than I did any other time. Mm. And I, I didn't dislike it, but I did like it more. I just saw it a few days ago mm-hmm. and I'm like, wow, I, I really forgot how much, uh, you know, how much I enjoyed that movie. Yeah. This was an iconic one for me at the time. You know, it was a big change in Bruce Willis's career. I was the right age for this to have like a huge impact on me. Like, is this really going to happen in the future? I remember counting down the days till the future event was going to happen, you know, Mm -hmm. like just thinking that was insane. And, and this is the first time I remember thinking Brad Pitt was a good actor too. I like, I really remember being like, yes, Wow, he's amazing. He would do like all those like crazy little. Uh, uh, like, oh yeah, dresses. we're all monkeys. Yeah, right, oh yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah. And then the eye thing, his eye. Yes. I, I and I talked about this on Retro Movie Geek. The thing about this movie that I always remember is this is the movie. Even though this came out the same year as Seven, which I love, 
But this is the movie where I felt like my level, like personal level of respect for Brad Pitt was like went way, way up because prior to that, you know, I'm like 20 years old myself. Obviously I'm jealous at the way he looks and I'm like, he's a pretty boy, right? He's a pretty boy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, right. ah, but I, you know, but this movie is like, Oh no, dude, dude can act. Like yeah. he was good in interview with the vampire. He's great in seven. He's great. He's a great actor. And I have a whole different appreciation for him now that I'm obviously not nearly as insecure as, as an older man. Uh, <laughs> but, but in 12 monkeys, he was just like the fact that he was willing to just be as wacky and and out there as he was, like off the charts, respect yeah. for him. Yeah, yeah. I, honestly, I still think it's a high point in his career. You know, it's like uh, he hasn't really gone this far since then either. You know? Yeah, right. Like, and, and and yeah, he had done some great work. I think still in my mind, even though I was a huge fan of Interview with the Vampire, and I even liked his like you know, like a river runs through it or whatever, you know, but it was, I still, in my mind, I had like the Thelma and Louise, Brad Pitt in my head, you know? And like, this was the one where I was like, okay, this guy's legit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah and although, although it's funny, had he, I don't, I know I hadn't seen it until after 12 months. Yeah, because California, the one, that one where he's a serial killer, I the Redneck, that. that's a good movie, dude. I, at least so, as I remember it with the Duchovny and Julia Lewis as well. well I, and even his, even his um, small role in, in True Romance. Yes. Oh, yes. That, he's awesome, awesome in that. Yes. Yeah. First movie I ever saw with my wife, True Romance. Hmm. No. All right. Uh, let's see here. Back, back to our list. I got to get my window back up here. Um, the Girl with All the Gifts. And as, as he pointed out, it's not GIFs, it's GIFs. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. I mean, it's, I, I think, I don't think I gave it a super high markings when I first reviewed it on the show. It's, again, like, the zombie burnout is real, just like the found footage burnout was real. And I think as time goes on and The Walking Dead's off the air for 10 years, this is a film that I think people will go back and be like, oh, that was one of the good ones. Like, that was one of the ones that stood out above, you know, the fray. So. We can skip a lot of these probably because they're not necessarily overtly infection films, but I will say one of the, you know, conspiracy theories going around is that this whole COVID-19 was some sort of uh, unintentionally released uh, biochemical weapon, (laughs) biological weapon. Planetara does a good job of freaking you out about that that concept. I thought even as silly and ridiculous and over the top it is, um, It, it it works on the the fear factor in terms Abs- of being scared absolutely. of biochemical weaponry. Yep. All right. Uh, now let's see here. Uh, we've got. I'll I'll just read off a couple titles so we can because mm-hmm. we this this list is substantially longer than I realized. Um, so, Children of Men. Obviously. Fantastic. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. The, the, that really gives you the feel for, although it's a totally different like concept. The feel for how like people are social distancing to survive, you know, like the, I, I think in a different way than a lot of the, po- the post-apocalyptic movies, one of the tropes, like one of my favorite films I saw this last year was Casey Affleck's light of my life. This is his post-apocalyptic movie, which is basically the road, uh, but through the eyes of Casey Affleck, um, that has the typical, like, all right, you and your daughter can stay at the house one night, but you know, they like answer the door with a shotgun and like, and all that stuff. And it's, mm-hmm the typical stuff i don't know there was something about in children of men like living in the woods and the ways that people were it wasn't quite mad max but it was somewhere in between i don't know it was it's one of my favorite depictions of kind of after the crisis happens yeah. and and just and the way that the the, the hopelessness of it all uh, you know that that the you know that there's no younger generation and then uh, i really captured that hopelessness and just the uh, you know everybody had uh, had given up and that's what the you know i think that it was a clive owen 
uh, gave a really strong performance, sort of, uh, sort of uh, portraying that. And then there's just an awesome scene in a car, you know, trying, trying to, to get away. Uh, I loved it. I, I saw that in the theater. I think, I think it was just behind. Was that the same year Pan's Labyrinth came out? I think it was, and I think Pan's Labyrinth had just eked it out as my favorite movie of the year. But Children of Men was was number two, and it's just uh, it's incredible. All right, next up, The Cured. It's Friday. I'm in love. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, the, the D, <laughs> Cured. Uh, sorry, uh, that could be easily uh, referred to as the Ellen Page zombie movie. That was another one that I thought was punching above its weight, though. I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm the cure that the concept is basically these people yes they become zombies and they can be cured but once once cured they have memory of what they did the atrocities they remember their kind of mindset that they had and it's really intense actually absolutely we actually reviewed the cured and ravenous on the same episode if you're interested in going oh, back mm-hmm. and hearing those those were on uh, hmp 163 i'll put a link right. to that machine. Nice. All right, uh, day, uh, Daybreakers or Doomsday? Either of those that you guys want to... I mean, Daybreakers is a great take on a vampire movie. It's not my aesthetic of vampire movies I enjoy, but it, it's kind of like in the Blade world a little bit more, mm-hmm. but um, in terms of the look, but really solid film, I thought. Yeah, And Doomsday is was Neil Marshall's follow-up to The Descent, uh, and I really enjoyed it. It, it had sort of a, the... Uh, again, Mad Max, mm-hmm. uh, Escape from New York sort of vibe to it. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, he's, his first three movies were like Dog Soldiers, The Descent, and Doomsday, I thought were, were great. That's why I was a little disappointed with Centurion. Uh, but uh, D- Doomsday, definitely a strong film. Uh, Maggie, the Schwarzenegger one. Yep. With uh, Breslin, yeah. Abigail I think Breslin. That's great too. Yeah, yeah I liked it a lot. Yeah. I like that movie a lot. Understated. That was reviewed on uh, Dr. Walking Dead's State of the Zombie Address episode, if people want to go back and find that. Uh, the Maze Runner franchise, which I have seen none of, so I can either confirm or deny whether or not they would fall under the... <laughs> I guess there is a virus involved in it, so... Yeah, I, I saw the first one, and then I remember seeing parts of the second one on an airplane. Um, I don't know, it's watchable, but it's okay. trash, trash uh, watchable. All right, Virus from 1980, the one that uh, Dr. Yeah. Shock has mentioned. Oh yeah, I, it's thrill me. It's a, it's a, it's a, well, it's one of my cable films. I saw it. I uh, came home from school and I turned it on, and I was just drawn into it. It is a, uh, at the time, it was the biggest budgeted film in Japanese history. Uh, directed by uh, his name is escaping me now. He's a guy who did the Green Slime, and years later would do Battle Royale. Uh, and it has just a, an amazing cast, a, a, an international cast, and it's shot all over the, the world. And um, I want to say, is it Glenn Ford plays the president? It has George Kennedy in it, a um, uh, young Edward James Olmos, uh, Olivia Hussey. And it is about a virus that spreads over the, uh, the entire world, except that it doesn't move. You know, it's kind of the opposite now. It, it, it sort of uh, is stagnant in cold temperatures. So the only survivors are all of the outposts of the different countries up in Antarctica. And they get together and decide, you know, okay, well, we're going to try to, you know, sort of save humanity or, or, or uh, until they realize that a major earthquake is going to hit Washington, one that could be taken as a nuclear attack. It's going to be so strong. And they have a... Um, 
the military had enacted something right before the end of the world where if they were hit by a nuclear weapon, it would automatically launch all of the uh, missiles in the United States, many of which were aimed at uh, other outposts in Antarctica. So now you have Bo Svensson and the main character, a Japanese actor, now have to go back down into the infected area and try to stop this nuclear holocaust from happening. There's a lot going on in the movie, a big cast. It's about two and a half hours. Sonny Chiba has a, has a small role in it. It's just one of those films that I can, I can watch over and over. And uh, there might be some, you know, uh, remember going back to when I first saw it on cable, you know, I, uh, but I don't know. There's, there's just something about it. And the way that it depicts um, the end of the world, the virus and sort of, I remember the scenes in the streets of when they were, when they were going back of skeletons and cars and, and everything. And it just really shook me when I was younger. I mean, almost as much as um, this documentary that Orson Welles did Nostradamus, the man who saw tomorrow when he was predicting the future. And, you know, I, I was terrified by what Nostradamus was predicting as uh, almost as terrified as it was a virus. Like, wow, this is something that can really happen. And this is a, a military virus that, that uh, was released via a plane crash, I want to say, and it just spread across the entire world. Um, I don't know. I, I have a real soft spot for it. I really enjoy this movie. And it's, uh, again, a monster cast filmed in all of the locations uh, around the world, South America, Antarctica, the United States, Japan, and um, a, a pretty big story, too. Yeah, it's it's one I definitely recommend. Excellent. Um, yeah, so Andromeda Strain from 1971, uh, I will say we covered that on Retro Movie Geek. Uh, it was the double feature uh, that we did with Contagion. So, <laughs> and I'll be honest with you. Fun night. I, yeah, it was. Uh, on one level, though, I was more bothered by Andromeda Strain. It was more because... There's a, I'm one of those people that I, I, I can take a lots of stuff until I know it's real. And I'm like, Oh God, I can't do it. Um, and there's a, there's a scene with a monkey. Mm. And even though they went out of their way to talk about at the beginning, you can tell a little humane society stuff at the beginning. You know, oh, no animal is harmed. Eh. Well, there's a scene with this monkey and it's actually in 12 monkeys. Dave, do you remember the scene where you see the monkey on the TV for a second? It looks like it's suffocating yes, it's twitching and yes. it's like yes. really disturbing yes, yes. and Absolutely. that's from andromeda strain that is that I, is i watched andromeda strain actually the movie i saw right after 12 monkeys oh i watched andromeda <laughs> yeah. strain yeah and that scene with the monkey yeah i mean i i'm surprised they had that humane society uh oh i know seal at the beginning of it because i thought that thing's dead. Oh, yeah, well, you know? we had Gamma on with us, and he that he likes Andromeda Strain quite a bit. And we were discussing the fact that the reason I guess why it was humane is, yes, they did withhold oxygen from it until it went unconscious, but then they resuscitated it. Uh, <laughs> that's like, right. Well, that's – but that <laughs> monkey was – was hurting I mean, oh. for the, for those, for that 30 seconds, 20 it was seconds, rough, whatever man. it it's was really, it's hard to watch. Yeah, it, it's is, really. it is hard to watch. And I, I did really like the Andromeda strain It's Michael Crichton. And, um, he did Westworld too, didn't he? Yeah. He, he did, uh, did he direct I, Westworld? Was, I think he, I think he might have. And yeah. I love Westworld. Now Robert Wise, seen. did Robert Wise do Andromeda Robert strain? Wise yeah. directed Andromeda strain. Yeah. yeah. But, what it is, what I liked about it is there's a lot of science going on. Yes, it's very and it, sciencey. And it's but yet it's not 
it's not something that you can't grasp. It's not mm-hmm. as if that you can't understand the science. They don't dumb it down for you at yeah. all. I mean, there, there's a lot of intense, uh, you know, talk going on here, and and just the the the, myth, the methodical way that they're doing these experiments that, that you'd have to be to try to figure out what's going on, but yet it, you can still grasp it. It's not. It's not. You're not. You're kind of like, well, I'm lost. I don't know what they're talking about. No. They're they're talking like scientists to each other, where mm-hmm. they're not giving you the exposition of well, here's why we're doing this. I mean, this is you know, but yet you you're still able to follow it. Yes, and, I agree. And and they still have some exciting scenes. You know, like uh, yeah. there's there's a scene where a guy's climbing a ladder. He's got to get this key. Oh yes, and yep. and, and then but um, there are lasers there that were designed to pick off um, any. Uh, I guess any uh, rodents was it? Yeah, yeah, ro- rodents. It was like a rodents or something. Rodents, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and it picks him up as a rodent and and gets him. Away. It, it's really very intense. Yeah. you know that there. I was I was impressed with this um, with this movie and really it, there's a radio broadcast at the beginning of it with these two army guys and you're thinking, wow, this is this is a pretty. Uh, this this could be this is like a horror movie you know mm-hmm. it it really is um the the just just from that you don't even see anything but just from that the the radio signal they're sending back to to this control room mm-hmm. like wow that there's a lot going on besides i said at the beginning of the of the dvd for this it says rated g yeah it is and and within five minutes you're like how the hell is this rated G? oh yeah you got you got y'all yeah, the, the 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 mass casualties you have people that they and I guess this is why they could justify it they when they cut the one wrist mm-hmm. and you actually see the the blood pour up but it's like sand yeah but it's still pretty graphic the way and then Absolutely. you full frontal nudity of a woman which by the way it's so arbitrary and just random like mm-hmm. I don't even know you're like and they and it, it was almost as if they specifically sort of zoom in. <laughs> Right. Oh yeah, it's a, they're uh, getting a close up to let you know. Okay, this yeah. is sort of a, a this is a hippie. Yeah, you see um, the peace sign right right the, above you her. You see the cleavage, peace yeah. sign, but yeah. yeah, but I mean, it's not like they're totally focusing on the peace sign. No. Yeah, it was but, so weird. Like it would have been so easy to just sort of like have like have her be in like a robe, and so it looked like she right. fell out of the bathtub. And, well, right. nope, nope, nope. But it's well, a G. And, and being a G-rated movie, that you would have assumed they would have, uh, have put her yeah. in, a, in a bathrobe. But by that point, it didn't even matter because you're like you're saying, there's there's death all over. I think they say "damn" three times, and I and this is a movie from the you know seventy one, yeah, yeah, yeah. seventy one, which. Okay, maybe at that time, maybe not enough to get it. You know, it's it's maybe in PG territory, but just a subject matter, and uh, and what kid is going to go to this movie? It's like Star Trek: The Motion Picture. I think was rated G, also. Yeah. And there were things going on in there that were not meant for kids. You're like, okay, what were what's the MPAA looking for specifically? Okay, no, not a lot of language. No, you know. Meanwhile, this movie, the, the Androm- uh, Andromeda Strain, they had nudity mm-hmm. in it. And uh, and choking monkeys and choking monkeys and just a very intense subject matter that you're like, it's almost like the, the, some, some kids say that, you know, what was it? Um, the, the legend of Boggy Creek is the most frightening movie they've ever seen because it was rated G Mm -hmm. and they see it, saw it when they were five years old. And that last sequence of that, no way that movie should have been rated G. Yeah. Andromeda Strain is another one. This is yeah. not a G-rated film. Well, yeah, like, to your point, like taking all the other stuff out of it, I mean, just the subject matter alone is going to traumatize yeah. a kid yeah. <laughs> horribly. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. All right, so we'll jump down then. We'll skip the uh, pandemic comedy since, quite honestly, we've covered a lot of those. Um, yeah. 
and not that long ago. We go to outbreak, what they call outbreak potpourri in this article on vulture.com. And right off the bat, uh, it occurs to me, I've seen very few Eli Roth movies. This is one of the few that I have. In fact, saw it in the theater and liked it quite a bit, which is Cabin Fever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoy it too. I don't love it, but I get why people <laughs> like it. It's, I, Josh, is, I, I was hoping, Josh, you were just going to, I don't. And then just yeah. go silent. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, it's freaky. Um, and yeah. especially if you hear, have you heard his explanation about how he came up with the story? Oh, yeah, because he actually got... He the disease, flesh eating right. disease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Freaky, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's gross. It's disgusting. And I will like, say, I, and his commentary on that one is a lot of fun too, because the yeah, commentaries the, are always good. He's yeah, good. yeah. yeah. Uh, I like see. his commentary is better than those movies sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> see, we got blindness. Fantastic. Uh, I agree. I rewatched that one uh, recently as well, and um, it's it's about. It's about, yeah, well, it's about a, a disease that makes everybody blind except for Julianne Moore's character, and that figures into the, into the movie. And they, uh, they end up throwing all of these people in together, um, and you just sort of, re- you sort of realize how things break down, mm-hmm. you know, with, with the, the, not with, with, you know, the, the inner workings there and, and how, um, was it Ward 3? I think Gail G- uh, Garcia Bernal plays such a bastard in this movie. I mean, I'd forgotten how much you really dislike his character. Um, but it's it's really more about like the, the breakdown of society, you know, with, with everybody being blind and just the way people start treating each other. Um, how, how people who can still see are treating the blind, how the blind are treating each other. Uh, you know, with, with in this um, sort of makeshift, uh, I don't even want to call it a hospital. It's more of just like, here, let's uh, put them here and we can forget about them, which is what happens. It's it's uh, uh, a very intense in a, 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 a lot of moments. I, I saw it in the theater and I had forgotten how disturbing it was at, in moments. All right. And then we have uh, I Drink Your Blood. 1970, a yep. big time grindhouse film. Um, one of the most disturbing. I, I can't even tell you how how shaken I was when the shot of that kid injecting rabies into the meat pies. Uh, he had taken it from this dog and was injecting it into these meat pies to get back at this sort of cult. Um, and I just remember the line at the beginning, remember, uh, remember sons, uh, sons and daughters that, uh, Satan is an acid head, um, it sort of gives you an idea. This, this is like a big time. It's just a grindhouse level, uh, film and disturbing. And, you know, I, I, it's, I, I, I'm trying to, trying to think of the best way to put it. Um, it's one that you just sort of have to approach with caution. Um, very, uh, very disturbing scenes in it. And, and like I said, for me, the most disturbing is just that kid injecting this, this, this needle of rabies into these meat pies. You're like, my God, that could happen. And it's just this, this kid trying to get back at, at this, this, uh, these, these hippies. But of course, it's not going to stay there. And it ends up spreading throughout this entire small town. Um, I, 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 it's funny. I'm going to say here, I, I liked it. I enjoyed the movie, but, um, very disturbing. All right. Sounds intense. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, well, and, and one you already uh, mentioned Dave Shivers is the next one on their yeah. list. 
Yep. Uh, Cronenberg. Cronenberg. Yep. Uh, Trench 11. I saw it. I didn't really care for it that much, but I remember very little about it. Wasn't it was there another movie. World War One trench-based horror flick that came out? Was it? Was that it? Was it Death Watch? I, I don't yeah, know. Maybe I don't not. Oh, that one. But I, Trench 11 is is not good. Yeah, I think Death Watch from 2002 is what I was thinking of. Okay. All right. And then let's see here. We've got a one that I am a big fan of, which is. Uh, the 2010 remake of uh, the Crazies, which have you have, yeah. I, have you guys seen the original Crazies? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like them both. I think they're both fantastic. Yeah. I yeah. I, I I just remember when I saw that I haven't seen the the original Crazies in years and years and years, but I do remember when I saw it because being such a huge fan of Romero's Dead films. Although I think by the time I saw Crazies, I think we we were still only up to Day of the Dead, so we hadn't mm-hmm. done any of the other ones. Um, I don't remember. I I liked it. But I remember not being wowed by it. Yeah. But I will say that the 2010 movie was shockingly good to me. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was really surprised how much. And I'm a huge Timothy Oliphant fan, so I, I you know, but it was, it was really Fantastic. good. Yeah, yeah. I I, I, this is definitely one of those films where you. It's arguable that the remake is better than the original. I I think they're both worth watching. But mm-hmm. when people tell me that, which happens frequently, they say that you know this is actually better than the original. I see where they're coming from. Yeah. Right. And I don't usually go down that road. <laughs> so, I, think, yeah. I think I'd make a good versus episode. Cause I'd be interested to see what yeah, you, that, what you that say. If you watch the original again, Joel, to see. Yeah, the, that would like, be fun. I will yeah. say crazies is probably the number one film. I saw people mentioning on Twitter that they've been watching recently. Right. Um, you know, in honor of <laughs> their right. quarantine situation, right. along with this film and it's, remake that some people think is better than the original wreck the next one on the mm. list here. oh i love uh, wreck you know so much I, I love wreck too and i still prefer wreck but i did watch quarantine uh recently and you know what it's so it's good it, it anybody who does not like subtitles and i'm not recommending you don't like subtitles or i'm not recommending you don't give subtitles a try but quarantine is a really strong version of wreck the only knock against it would be that it's just a version of wreck there's it's not right. like an original movie yeah. but it doesn't have to be because it's still very effective you know it's it's an effective remake it really is and it's very strong that one is on shutter right now as well nice what wreck quarantine or both a wreck sorry uh, okay uh yeah actually i will say i don't think i ever did see quarantine because i liked wreck mm-hmm. so much actually i liked yeah. all three of the wreck I, I know there's a fourth one right i've only seen the first three um I don't think I even saw the third one, to be honest. The third one's the one where it actually, I think if I remember, gets a wedding and it starts off found footage, but then shifts into being a more, you know, traditionally shot hmm. type movie. Um, it's a little bit more I, over the top. And I think it, if I, if, I, if memory serves, I haven't seen it since it like had come out of video. I feel like it had more of a, a humorous sensibility to it than the first hmm. two did by a, by a long shot. Um, but I like them both a lot. And I don't, again, back to that world that for me with uh, found footage, quarantine i was like from what i heard it's pretty much just wreck but yeah americanized was like yeah, eh. <laughs> yeah right. so yeah i loved wreck so very much uh, uh, and i did t- i did too but i still would recommend uh, yeah I, I need to see yeah. that too yeah, yeah i need to see that one too uh and then we've got mom and dad and another one nick cage and soma blair that's nick cage being nick, do- doing what he does best being, being nick, nick cage, cage. absolutely <laughs> and um a, a, and an awesome scene at at, uh, at the end with Lance Henriksen. Uh, I don't oh, really? know. I, I really, really, I see. I've seen it twice, and I liked it even better the second time. Um, this is 
Nick Cage should just do crazy Nick Cage all the time, you know, because it doesn't it doesn't seem to get old. It, it seems to it seems to work, you know. And Mandy, and he even has different levels of crazy Nick Cage, you know. Yeah. Uh, Mandy uh, is is a different crazy Nick Cage to mom and dad, you know. Uh, but mom and dad is is uh, I think that the, the scene that I, that sticks out to me, and it's an interview with this guy talking about how he just killed his child and he says i know i should be upset but i'm not i'm i'm fine i'm okay with it and that's kind of what's happening to everybody in this movie i mean even even a woman with a newborn it's it's and and just all the parents standing outside the school waiting for the kids and they're like chomping at the bit to get the kids over the fence (laughs) so that they can kill the kids it's an intense movie but um again it's crazy nick cage you remember And then the last two they have here, uh, one is called Aerosmith, which I believe, uh, which is not the band. Uh, and it's a John Ford film, apparently. Wow. And, and the other one is Faust, the 1926 oh, by uh, F.W. Murnau. Murnau. Yeah. That is uh, another, you know, Murnau classic. It really yeah. is. And it's, um, uh, did we cover that? I, did we talk about that? I'm not sure if we talked about that on an episode um, or not. Um, t- that may have been during our silent film episode back Maybe. with um on horror what was the other show we were on together <laughs> oh yeah the, the, the um uh, weekly horror or no, horror metropolis horror metropolis yeah horror we metropolis. did a silent film episode where we covered uh Haxon yeah and uh, nosferatu, nosferatu. yeah maybe wonder, this i'm not sure but. i can't i can't remember i know i had seen it i reviewed it on uh, on the blog and it's um Murnau is just one of those directors. I don't think I've seen anything of his that wasn't injured. The Last Laugh uh, is a drama, and he does not use title cards in that entire movie, and you're able to follow everything that's going on. I mean, he was experimental. Sunrise, uh, which was a very early Oscar winner in in the United States, it's just everything that Murnau did. Um, And yet I can't think of Murnau without thinking of John Malkovich now, thanks to Shadow of the Vampire. Every time I think of F.W. Murnau, he looks like John Malkovich. I I do want to say and and give kudos where it's due to Dave. So I was glancing back at his list and he actually had a few movies, even though he didn't have 79 titles like that article did. He had a few titles that I do not believe were, at least I didn't see them uh, in that article, like uh, Ebola Syndrome. Oh, that is such a depraved, depraved movie. Oh my God. <laughs> Maybe that's why. <laughs> I watched that. I watched that recently. And after the first five minutes, they're not even dealing with the Ebola syndrome, with the Ebola virus. And you're like, ugh, I might want to turn this one off. I mean, it's 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 just I it's a hard movie to recommend. It really is, because it's crazy. It's comedy. You know, there's there's a lot of comedy in it, but you're not necessarily laughing. <laughs> and um yeah it's it's just a, a depraved i just that's the only word i can really use to describe ebola syndrome wow i uh, you did have the flu on here the 2013 uh, korean oh, film so right. you did have that on here um let's see the other one i noticed patient zero i don't think we mentioned uh, that one i i watched patient zero i wasn't was that the cabin it? fever sequel patient zero or a different patient it this says 2018 this is 20 uh, oh no I, the the patient zero i'm thinking of is um uh you know there's there's an outbreak and and one guy it's like a rabies outbreak it, it, it's a rage sort of virus and one guy was bitten but now he can communicate 
with, and they're trying to find patient zero to develop a vaccine to possibly stop the, the, the spread of this rabies. I don't know. The whole concept of looking for patient zero to make this serum, and I feel so bad for, for Natalie Dormer. I really like her in the TV work that she's done, but I don't think she's been in a movie yet to quite match anything she's done on TV, and she's in mm. this one as well. Um, I don't know. I wasn't impressed by it. I, I just it's, it's another one that has sort of a Day of the Dead underground um, hidden facility where they, they bring these rage victims in and tie them up. And then this guy can go in and communicate with them. Uh, Stanley Tucci plays one who's advanced. Uh, he's a former professor and then he's intelligent. He doesn't just have the rage virus. He looks at it as an evolution. And I didn't buy that whole thing. The only cool thing about it was they name the rage patients after musicians and i think it's like um one of them is pete townsend and then they're playing a pete townsend record and i think joe cocker was another one it's the only thing i actually really remember uh, it's the only thing i really kind of liked about the movie I, other than that it was kind of disappointing and uh, one movie i do want to absolutely mention that you have here on your list we would have been beyond remiss if we did not mention the stand miniseries from 1994 directed by the great mick garris based on the masterwork by the master himself, Stephen King, The Stand. Yeah. That's the key one right there. <laughs> yep. I like that to, movie. <laughs> I'm going to go back to reading a couple more listener comments here. Um, Willis Armored Foe says, I actually watched John Carpenter's The Thing in the 2020 remake, which I feel is underrated. It just makes me think of being stuck inside and who is a carrier. You just don't know who to trust. Of course, uh, that is uh, kind of a body snatcher type film, and that will be our next regular episode here on the podcast. So I can imagine we'll be talking about films in the body snatcher subgenre like The Thing. Hmm. Um, Gareth Young says, with still being at work and seeing customers come in wearing masks, etc., the closest thing I can think of is Romero's The Crazies. I watched it a couple of weeks ago, and it kind of opened my eyes wider to the whole situation. Hmm. Andrew Ringel says, I finished the Halloween franchise. I plan on watching the Friday the 13th, Hammer on Elm Street, The Purge, Final Destination, along with a few one-offs. Wow, that is a tall order there, Andrew. That is intense. Also listening to podcasts all day, of course. <laughs> I got a message here from Eric Yvonne. It says, I work in healthcare, so unfortunately I still have to leave my house. To keep my mind off of things, I've been playing Resident Evil 3 and watching a lot of those streaming titles where the cover art lets you know it was filmed in someone's backyard. The type of movies where I can shut off my brain and have a laugh. So thanks to uh, Eric for that. That was a good comment. Uh, Tom says, hey guys, I hope you're all doing good. I'm doing all right so far. Collecting UE and staying sane with my wife and dogs. As far as movies I've seen, not too many newer movies, The Haunt, The Lighthouse, Dr. Sleep, Knives Out, Satanic Panic, Crawlers, mixed in with my normal favorites that I watch all the time, Alien, Aliens, Evil Deads, and yes, Army of Darkness. I love it as much as Joel, I think. Slither, Behind the Mask, The Thing. So things aren't too different for me. I'm just being told to be inside rather than just preferring it. <laughs> so mm -hmm. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, Victor says, Vicious Victor, Great. My job hasn't changed so much so far, thank goodness, since the isolation period started. The wife and I immediately rewatched Contagion, and I rented Color Out of Space, 8.5 out of 10 for me. Though other than that, we've kept our outbreak-themed viewing to the news. 
I got a month of Criterion Channel to get some variety at the strange high house in the mist for a while. That's what he refers to where he lives. Uh, French horror thrillers, Diabolique, Eyes Without a Face, Wages of Fear, Purple Noon. Can't go wrong with any of those. Uh, Is Purple Noon the, um, the talented Mr. Ripley French version, basically? I think it is. Mm-hmm. could be wrong. Uh, alone were worth it. Uh, Japanese horror titles, Godzilla, Onibaba, were unexpected. Pleasant surprises. Be well. Stay healthy, guys. Um, just a couple more here that have come in since we've been recording. Um, Dark Mark says, I put my watch list on quarantine, so nothing new was getting there until I finish it. Recently watched Tumbad, Muse, 2018, Silver Bullet and the Wolfman for the Full Moon, Unchien Andalou, Zodiac, and Frankenstein Conquers the World. That is um, a hell of a trilogy right there. Unchien Andalou, <laughs> yeah, uh, Zodiac, yeah. The Sa- and Salvador Dali Bunuel film, right? The- right, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. Uh, Kane Hero, that's the the son from Father Son Watch Horror. Um, this week I've been watching everything from Don't Breathe to Point Break. There are no rules in this world. Everything has changed. <laughs> yeah, you said it, man. Uh, Sean Taylor's been working like it's Christmas. Recently watched Pie Wacket and showed Dr. Sleep to my wife. Shane, the maniac cop, said, I worked 12 12-hour days, but once I got off, I settled in and watched the Stand miniseries. Well done. <laughs> The two new it's and 14 cameras. Yeah. That's what we don't want is 14 cameras situated in our living spaces in these Mm. times. Uh, Pastor Matt says the, the father in the father and son watch horror movies. I've been watching comedies. You people are sick. (laughs) Just kidding. Kind of. (laughs) I haven't had a lot of spare time, but I watched zombie land and zombie land two last week. So keeping it, keeping it in the genre a little bit. It sounds like, yeah. Uh, Raul says, I've cleared a 70 by 50 foot space of my backyard from trees, grass, and anything that's not dirt. I'm going to be bringing in trucks full of dirt later to make a pump track. Wow. Okay. Very (laughs) ambitious, Raul. (laughs) Also, lots of family time watching every The Last Drive-In on Shudder and playing horror horror video games. Also watched Tammy and the T-Rex, which my wife says is a horror classic. (laughs) (laughs) Ash to Ashes says, been watching some 80s horror and I've never seen Humongous just before dawn and started watching some video nasties. Unfortunately, I still have to deal with the public, the joys of being a barista. So watching tons of horror is a great stress reliever. I'm sorry for that, Ashley. It's rough on anybody out there who has to uh, be interacting with the public a lot. Uh, Amanda Williams, I read her comment earlier. She also noted that the film Extraordinary is uh, available to watch. It's a new release, but you can get it at the Alamo at home from Alamo Drafthouse Cinemas, and you can watch it. Um, She says it's a very fun supernatural horror comedy. Um, Very highly recommended. That's one I've been wanting to get to as well. And I noticed my local art house theater in Salt Lake City, a local to where I'm quarantine now um also has that available there at home so maybe look uh, if you don't go through drafthouse.com um, maybe look at your local art house and see if they are offering films to watch at home uh, mm-hmm. like so many of these are just a couple more here colin campbell uh, he says i've spent most of the lockdown immersed in the world of resident evil games quite appropriate and the evil within i've also binge watched the new twilight zone which i found incredibly enjoyable i've only seen one episode of the new twilight zone um didn't love it but i i'm very open to uh, watching more 
Uh, Phil Daniels says The Shining, Moon, and Sunshine. Going to watch Alien and Aliens also. That sounds like a fun group of films to watch. Mm. Jamie Heartless says, Much of the Friday the 13th series is now on Shudder, so I've been binging them and listening to horror movie podcasts, franchise reviews. Jason Lives is the best one. Pure campy pleasure. I know Joel liked that comment. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> 15 Days says, Bird Box, It Comes at Night, and A Quiet Place. Well done, 15 Days. You're, you're my type of person. Um, Apostic Mark showed off uh, his DVD collection. It's quite massive. Nothing compared to Dr. Shocks, but it's big. Um, he said, more useful answer. I've been watching old cult horror, Last Man on Earth, Struck a Chord, plus the Nightmare on Elm Street MTV series. So that's a good idea. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about doing something like that. And lastly, this is from Hunter Hewitt. It says, social distancing is going well. I've been rewatching a ton of my favorite movies, such as People Under the Stairs, Last House on the Left, Jack Ketchum's The Girl Next Door, Pet Cemetery 1 and 2, The Walking Dead TV show, and Knives Out. I also forgot to mention I've watched Beetlejuice, Taxi Driver, Lucy and Isaiah, Training Day, Remember the Titans, Fallen, and all four Daniel Craig, James Bond movies, which include Casino Royale, Quantum Saw, Skyfall, and Spectre. All right. Nice. I love losing Isaiah being in the mix. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, that's a uh, Holly Berry. Yes. Film. Yeah. I, Jessica I Lang. Isn't Jessica Lang yeah. in that? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's funny. Um, our good friend, John, who went to uh, the con with you. Uh, oh yeah. 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 He says, I'm going to think about, I think a beat on this. I, I, I hate to tell you, John, that beat has passed as we are now to the end of the segment, but <laughs> would have loved to hear what you've been doing. So, um, yeah, I guess uh, if you want to tell us what you've been watching or just how you've been entertaining yourself, trying to stay sane, uh, you could go to the comments either on YouTube uh, or at horrormoviepodcast.com. Well, I guess then this will wrap up the, what we call this, the inaugural bonus video episode of uh, HMP then? Yes. I mean, this was our um, first attempt at doing the video portion of doing this live, and so we'll see how that goes, and, uh, and we'll try to get better at it as we go. But yeah, too bad. We'll, for tr- we'll, we'll try. We'll try. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And uh, so I guess then to take us out here, uh, everybody want to go around the horn and maybe tell where people could find you on the interwebs, and then we'll sail off. Sure. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Icarus Arts and. Uh, also on Instagram, Facebook, and other other places, probably. <laughs> Dave? Right. Uh, uh, DVDinfatuation.com. Uh, at DVDinfatuation on Twitter. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Letterboxd. Uh, I have a YouTube channel, which, you know, you could look in the show notes for the link to that. Um, also, uh, other podcasts, Land of the Creeps with uh, Greg Amortis and Bill Van Bagel and um, actually Joel, one of your co-hosts, Peter, joining yep. us in our Nordic Horror episode. And um, real quick, I also uh, had an appearance on the Undead Wookiee podcast. Oh, with awesome. With you, Lloyd. Yeah, with you. Um, we were talking about uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You invited Excellent. me on and uh, we were discussing that one. And of course, we got off on about 10 tangents. I think I led nine and a half of them. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> But uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, check that out as well. The Undead Wookiee podcast. That's fantastic. I heard from Hugh in ages, man. Yeah. He was a listener to the show back in the day. 
Well, yeah. he gave us he gave us a, in my introduction. He uh, credited uh, myself, uh, you, Josh, and um, Jay as the ones who got him into podcasting with HMP. That's uh, awesome. He's, we were the ones who inspired him to uh, to give it a go. Yeah, cool. Yeah, he's a great guy. Uh, I were you gonna say something, Josh? Not necessarily. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going by facial cues now. Uh, yes. So, yes, I can be found, Retro Movie Geek, Forgotten Flicks, uh, Terror on the Tube. We actually had an episode that I, by the time this comes out, should be out there for the public. And we did a uh, movie called Demon Murder Case. And you will want to see, or you'll, you want to go find that movie on YouTube, for starters. Watch it, then listen to the episode where uh, Allison the Horror Unicorn, Peter, and yours truly uh, break down this movie that stories a very young, circa 1983, post-Friday 13th, but pre-Footloose, Kevin Bacon. And I am not crapping you people, I swear to you, Andy Griffith and I'm brain farting on who plays his wife. It's uh, Joan Van Patten, right? Isn't that uh, Dick Van Patten's sister or something? Isn't that is that her name? Is it a Van? It's Van Patten, right? Dave, uh, come on, help uh, me, Dave. Uh, eight is enough was Dick Van Patten, right? Dick Van Patten was eight is enough. Yeah, yeah but he has a uh, sister, doesn't he? Like somebody else, Van Patten. It's like is it Joan Van uh, Patten? I'm sure he probably had a sister. Okay, well, she's an actress. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so, it sounds familiar. It does okay. sound familiar. My point being. They play. They don't call them the Warrens. They call them the Harrises. But Andy Griffith is basically Ed Warren, Ed Lorraine. This is the storyline that Conjuring 3 is going to be based on. It's the exact same, this demon murder case. It is it is something. That's all I'm going to say. It's something. So go find demon murder case and then listen to the episode. Highly recommend. Tear on the fantastic. Tube. Yeah. I was going to, I remember what I was going to say. How is it the Land of the Creeps, and of course Retro Movie Geek can get Peter, but we can't ever seem to get Peter on Horror Movie Podcast. What's Probably thing? because he's with me on on uh, Retro Movie Geek, uh, Terror on the Tube, and so the idea of having to be on a third show that I'm on, he can't stomach. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I would think Maybe I would it. think he would he would do HMP with us. He would absolutely yeah. do HMP. Oh, I feel like we've tried so. to get him a mil- million times and haven't been able to figure out the... Uh, yeah, work out a schedule, schedule, you know? You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, he he um we went pretty late. Yeah, we I believe he said he basically said he went till six forty five a.m. his time. He did when he emerged from his closet. I think the sun was shining. Yeah, uh, by the time he was done. Yeah, yeah, he was he was exhausted. Oh, I, I think <laughs> we were we were I I missed um the review of sauna because I fell asleep. I was doing it on my phone. I got up. I said, "Let me sit Classic. in this chair for a minute." It was the first damn movie I watched. Yeah. for Nordic Horror, and Greg had to do it completely by himself because I just shut my eyes for a second, and when I woke up, he said, okay, that's the review of Sauna, let's move on. I'm like, oh! <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I, 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 I realize that with the uh, marathons you guys do, I should never, ever, ever complain. Mm. Ever, ever, ever. I don't think we ever set out to do five and a half hour episodes. I yeah. think they just sort of evolve into that. Evolve, that's a good word. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good word. All right. Well, then I guess, uh, gentlemen, on that note, uh, Josh, I don't do you need me to actually read the outro or do you want to just like skip that part? It's just video. The audio podcast is still going to go out. Okay. Okay. So, so we should. Yeah. Get the ending. 
Okay, so you're going to make me read this on the video. Thanks well, for that. I mean, this might not even, maybe we don't even put up this part of the video. I don't know. Should we put the whole thing up? Yeah, why not? People yeah, would, yeah, I'm sure, find it mildly it. entertaining. Let's, let's, let's watch that. Now we get to see uh, Joel's okay. face as he does Frederick. Ah, let's see if I can do this. All right, I'm going to read it. Everybody's thinking, why do you have to read it as many times as you've said it? The reality is, apparently, I can't retain anything. That's the reality. <clears throat> we love reading and responding to your comments, so we hope you'll get involved in the Horror Movie Podcast community. You can leave a comment in the show notes for this episode at horrormoviepodcast.com, where you can find this and all of our past episodes. You can also connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at horrormoviecast. If you'd like to support Horror Movie Podcast, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also listen to us on Stitcher and Spotify. You can get your listener-designed HMP t-shirts at horrormoviepodcast.com forward slash store. You can try Shudder free for 30 days. Just go to Shudder.com and use the promo code HMP when signing up. That's S-H-U-D-D-E-R dot com and the promo code HMP. We want to thank singer-songwriter Fred Ingram for the use of his music for the Horror Movie Podcast theme song. You can find more of Fred's music at frederickingram.com. Dot com. Boom, Dave. <laughs> we also. I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. We should have put you on video that last one. Then we I know, have, really. We would have had the outtake at the end. Totally. We also want to thank composer Kagan Breitenbach for his arrangement and orchestration of Fred's original theme, which opens the show. You can find more of Kagan's work at kaganbreitenbach.com. And that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining us for Horror Movie Podcast, where we're dead serious about horror movies. <laughs> <laughs>